0: Welcome to Path to Story, a Warhammer Age of Sigmar Path to Glory podcast, where we focus on the lore, rules, and storytelling of narrative play. Thank you for joining us once again as we pitch our tents, set up camp, and share our tales from along the Path to Story. Your companions around the campfire this episode are... I'm Will, but today I am
1: mirror Snout, threatening sycophant of the chittering
0: hinterlands. The chittering hinterlands. That sounds like it's next to the hungering step from season one. <laughs> it's like it's where
1: the gnaw holes from the hungering step to oh, excellent um, the veins of season two are going to be. So exactly, like he's connecting
2: the two. Like this is his own title, and he's like, "What's the best thing I can come up with?" Sycophant. I'm a sycophant. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm a sycophant. Like, who, who cool are you in? a sycophant too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I want to know. Is it like one person or is it like 17 and you're like, I'm just going to wait until the other 16 yeah. die and then we'll figure it out from there. Cool, God, cool. Goodness. Well, I am Paul. Uh, but today, today I am Caxnit Glumfoot, snapper of dem what looks at him funny. Oh, excellent! <laughs> Snapper of them. Watt looks at him funny?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. So if you look at him funny, he's gonna snap you. Now, snap. either snapping like in half, or he's just gonna like snap at you. Uh, yeah. Like, no, exactly. Hey, like he's got oh, like a attitude. West
0: Side Story, like yeah. a West Side uh-huh. Story.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: but you have to look at them funny to figure out which one it's yep. going to be that's Sorry.
0: true exactly anyway.
1: west side story or just like any substitute teacher
2: ever
0: oh my <laughs> god truly yeah <laughs> truly
2: oh man good well, yeah i like
3: it i am harry but yeah. today i'm ugla wolf stomper of harry Gitz. Oh. different spelling oh
0: with mm. with your american accent there i thought you said harry Gitz, and i was like oh very appropriate as you are, Harry. Yeah, right. Summer <laughs> yeah. yeah. of Harry's gits. In West on, Texas, change your we army.
3: The word's the same. It's yeah. Harry and Harry. <laughs> so yeah.
0: like, my
2: question is what are these Harry gits? Like, who's the hairy Like, I don't know any gits that are
0: hairy
3: I haven't seen a scrap of hair on Gloom Spike gits. Yeah, like, so. I mean, yeah. i have got
0: hair squigs. I think that, Paul, but... is is um, part of the effect of Hish on your gits, Is they get this, like, amazing <laughs> coif of hair. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like Elvis style, you know. Excellent. Uh, and hello, I'm Kieran, but today you can call me Sorglak, the Ossified Sovereign, Pitiless Relic of the Doomed Legion. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, I, so I, every time I hear, So yeah. his
3: title is Piteous Relic? Pitiless
0: <laughs> yeah. Relic. Yeah, I guess Pityless he is the Pitiless relic. relic. Yeah, he's a relic with no pity. <laughs> no pity at all. Which I feel like relics tend to not have pity because they don't usually right. have a consciousness. But... Yeah. Every time I hear
2: Ossified, I just think Ossified. <laughs> oh, on the barbie. Ossified,
3: oh. right. yeah, that's right. Paul's been cancelled.
0: Oh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> we just started, too. We've alienated everybody in Australia.
3: Right, we lost all two of our Australian listeners.
0: Uh, and listeners, this week instead of us trying to guess where each of us is from. We're going to leave that up to you. So, if you would like to take a guess, you can listen to it as many times as you need to. If you want to take a guess, you can always come and visit us on our Discord, which is oh god, hang on, wait, cut that out, Will. <laughs> no, ready. It. I was not That's great. Into it it. I was not ready with the light. Like. <laughs> is that slash discord and that is realms.com forward slash Discord. Absolutely. <laughs> or
3: discord.com forward slash themortalrealms. Oh, no.
2: the You heard it here first. There.
0: But yes, come on uh, yeah, to the Path to Glory channel uh, or the AOS uh, general and uh, let us know where you think we're from. And we'll reveal yeah. that at a later point.
1: Great. Uh, we'll also throw this up on Twitter at Path to Story. Uh, with the spelling of the names, if that changes anyone's minds, and you can re- retweet <laughs> us
0: there. Fantastic. Okay. Well, my friends, should we launch into our hobby section? Who wants to go first? I think it'd be Anybody appropriate. Anybody done any hobby?
2: I think it'd be appropriate to launch in the hobby section. I'm going to talk yep. about my Gloomspike Um I had uh thank you to GW. I got a, one of those new... Um, uh, the Grot Squig Shepherds. Yes. So I, I was able to paint one of those up in my
0: uh and Cavalcade scheme. Is he the one that has the squig like on a, not a leash, but like. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And he's got the
0: little shepherd's crook.
2: Yes, love it. So, <laughs> yeah.
3: So, so Paul, uh-huh. I recall that all of the gits from Cathardia
2: uh-huh.
3: can't stand the light of Hish, so they've got <laughs> metal bolted over their eyes yep have you sculpted the metal onto this guy's eyes and with the metal mustache does that basically mean he has metal all over his face
2: so i didn't sculpt the metal over his eyes i actually gave him a head swap and i gave him more of a pointy uh hood um and i did take some um not masking tape but like post-it note to Uh make the mask over his eyes nice Um, but Right. Not only are the gits blindfolded, but the squigs are actually
0: blindfolded as well. I love that right. so much. Which, yeah. That was with ether quartz, was... right? Spent Ether Quartz. Exactly. Yeah, the,
3: the squigs yep. have the spent ether quartz, yeah. I recall that.
0: I do Harry Lo, love that question because it is like such a grotz thing of like he already has the metal like mouth yeah. <laughs> to then just just staple you cannot see anything at all. <laughs>
2: Like well, Dr. That literally is something. the narrative of yeah. my, my squiggle edge. And <laughs> believe it or not, that'll play into some games we might be talking about later. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That's very exciting. Excellent. I can't, can't wait to hear
0: about that. Anything else, Paul, you want to share for a hobby? No, that's
2: pretty much it. I I, I got a little bit done, but not a ton. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I didn't get too much done myself. I did finally finish assembling the brand new Demon Prince that came in the oh, Slates yeah. of Darkness box. Oh, sweet. Um, such How was that? Was that? It, yeah. I loved putting it together. Um, cool. The funny thing is like, in all of the promos and all of the art, they have it built one way. Right. And like looking at all of the options they made every choice to make it, like, not as appealing to me, I That's would so say. Like yeah, every, I... There's so many choices, and it felt like in the promo art, it's, like, the wrong choice each time, but they changed any one thing. yeah, it's Like, the pose, or the weapon, or the you face. You
3: me both will. You me yeah. both.
1: So, if you're looking at the new Demon Prince and the art, and you're like, I don't know if I like that, you have the ability to, like, make it one your way, and also just
0: I think objectively better right. <laughs> it's all, yeah, only up from here. Yeah. So if you like it a little bit, you're going to love it when you actually get your own. Well, it's
1: like the story of how the paint jobs would be at a level where like anyone could kind of do it. Right. Same thing with this, like anyone can make a demon prince that looks as good <laughs> as the one on the box. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So which face did you end up choosing for yours?
1: I chose the unhelmeted uh, undivided face. Okay. Um. Yeah, because I feel like that one's the rarest
0: one. Yeah, the rarest one to see pictures of. Because you they show the god specific faces, and then the other Mm -hmm. one, and then that one is like this mystery sick head that's like hard to find. I
1: literally didn't know it was there until I opened the blister pack. I like okay, you have the one undivided, and then you have for every one of the gods, and that's it. Like oh no, there's a whole other option. But wait, there's more. Yeah. And
3: did you go with armor? or or uh I did go out. with
1: armor cuz the armor is super cool looking and because like with the uh Chaos Legionnaires that I have they have a lot of like demon faces on the shoulder pads oh, yeah, and things yeah. like that like to show their loyalty to Bellacor and the armor is like another demon face so I thought I would tie everything in together a little bit
3: and then last question wings or trophy rack
1: I went with wings uh Close. because i All like choice. going fast and that needed that actually will play into um the games <laughs> later on as well
0: yeah. excellent i have excellent. a whole thing about wings in both 40k and uh, aos for games workshop which maybe i'll get into another time but that i love it as a it, it very rarely do things have wings and so they're always very intense like wings is such a symbol of like power in those universes, which this is not here nor that, but I just think it's really cool, and I'm glad the Demon yeah. Prince has wings. Um.
1: And one other cool, interesting thing, because I have an old Demon Prince too, mm-hmm. and having those two side by side, you always think when GW comes out with a new model, the, like the scale creep. Right. And it looks bigger, it has a much larger silhouette, but that's because of the wings.
0: Yeah. If you mm-hmm.
1: had them wingless standing next to each other, one just has a foot on a hero rock and one doesn't. Without the wings, they're like the same size, which I thought was super cool. Mm-hmm.
3: So you're saying it's not so much scale creep as hero rock creep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hero
1: rock creep, yeah. You got to have that one foot up uh, just to get ahead of the game.
3: I mean, the new Votan is, have multiple hero rocks. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, floating hero rocks. I mean, (laughs) can you get cooler than that? I don't think you can.
0: The last time anybody got that cool was Island of Blood, High Elf Mage. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. Amazing. Harry, how did you get up to in your hobby this month? So
3: most of my hobby this past month, because this past month was insane, uh, a lot of traveling and stuff. Um, So it mostly consisted of world building for me. Mm. So rather than actually working on models, I worked on coming up with names for every champion, for every unit in my oh, army. Very cool. Yeah. Um, oh, nice. And then starting to dig into the uh, twisted and varied interpersonal dynamics between those yeah. characters and, you know, who's related to who, who has a vendetta against who within the army, just to try and flesh out future narratives. So, I mean, it definitely helps with what we're doing in our Path to Glory campaigns. But as far as physically working with models, um, I have to confess, most of the models I worked on this past month in the small breaks that I got were uh, complete cases of hobby ADD where I was messing around (laughs) with okay <laughs> hey, that's, that's great you've got works yeah. and yeah all sorts but of I, stuff that I shouldn't have been working on I should have been working on my my uh slave no, You, you
0: know what? i'm gonna <laughs> I think we should ban the word shouldn't because yeah. I, think, I think following yeah. what you're passionate about is a great way to like stay you know you're just you're doing a hobby and you're enjoying it and at the end of the day right. like yeah. we're excited to tell these stories but it's also super important that
3: like absolutely yeah,
0: you enjoy it and it's not like a yeah
3: and, yeah. and to be clear I justified to myself by my son wants multiple opponents. He doesn't want to just be fighting right. chaos every time. Right. So I need to work on this Gits army. I need to work on my Oryk army, you know, because he needs some options.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
3: Yeah. It's part so, of being a good dad. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: Part of being a good dad is having as many Warhammer armies as possible. That's exactly.
4: Right. I yeah. Um, yeah. I love that so much. So Howie,
2: how you were you... talking... Oh, go good. ahead. No, Sorry. no, no. Paul, you go first. So the way you were talking about the way the army, like having these like interdependent relationships and this guy hates this guy and, you know, et cetera. um, It reminded me completely. Will and I just read God Eater's Son.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. I need to read that.
2: Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness. If you're interested in seeing somebody that does interrelationships and this person hates that person for this reason in an an AOS novel, like please read that book. Cause (laughs) it literally at the beginning has, two or three pages right will of just these are the different kind of ideas and the different oh, tribes brilliant. that we're going to be dealing with in this yeah. book and this might be how they don't like this and this might be how they don't like this and then there's a 300 page story playing Incredible. out that few pages it, it, man it, it, i hope
3: those pages are included in the audible because it's it's yeah. queued up as my next choice <laughs> oh, so i hope that's in there because i do love that sort of stuff yeah. um yeah, so all you, mentioned... you guys know. Um, all right, yeah. cool, cool. But I, I'm excited for that book.
0: Nice, Harry. You mentioned you were naming them. Did you use any particular tactics in how you name things? Do you use a generator or look at other Dark Oath names? Or
3: so I do a, a little bit of both. I'm also not afraid to change uh, phonemes or, or the, you know, the yeah. consonants mm-hmm. on on yeah. the end of words or. I'll play it over in my head a couple of times, maybe say it out loud if there's nobody sitting next to me on the plane while I'm coming up with these ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're like Sorgak
0: the defiler, uh, Sorgal the defiler, <laughs> like looking. Yeah. At you,
3: yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but just see how you know one pronounceability is is important if these are names I'm going to be be saying uh, multiple times. But then um, just making sure it, it doesn't sound like anything it shouldn't sound like when you say it out loud. Yeah, um, I feel
0: like that's actually really important, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. Now I'm well, looking at all my names just to make sure... Like I know, a I know. Well, it was like <laughs> me last episode where I hadn't actually said my elder names out loud, and so I just am like,
1: and this is... <laughs> um, and it's like, nope. That's, that's, that's terrible. The work on that. That's the other one.
0: That's the other one. What was that name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> It's just a lot of consonants and apostrophes. So it's very fantasy in that way, you know, just vowels (laughs) and apostrophes. Uh, Well, for me, I did leave in less than Harry. January has been very crazy for me um, personally and professionally. So, um, yes, I'm very sorry to say that I've done literally nothing. But that's also okay. I've looked at lots of um, exciting models online and uh, have been enjoying the recent 40K world eaters release at least <laughs> battle reports of anger on try and he just murders everything and it's great so that's been exciting <laughs> so yeah, he's like that's really yeah, been more Angron that could oh yeah it's great and he comes back like yep. you can kill him and then you pe- and it's brilliant it's so yep. cool yeah i heard one podcast i was listening to them talk about they're like it's actually like a little bit even even more complex because if you're a faction, I'm so sorry, that listeners. This is an AOS podcast, but if you're a faction like Tau, which is incre- like ranged, you know, sort of supremacy, when Angron comes back, you set him up within nine inches of any of like any models. So they're like, actually, if Tau concentrate fire and kill Angron in the first turn, he comes back closer than he would have if he just <laughs> moved. Which I <laughs> thought was very funny. Yeah, I like no, that. That's a lot. great. Anyway, wonderful. Okay, yeah, so um, I will introduce the development stuff. Well, last week we mentioned at the very end that we were going to introduce you guys to how we have been working on The Veins, which, um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the last episode, or um, if you've forgotten, which is our shared hub world slash setting uh, that we are all collectively uh, world-building for this season, which we're very excited about. So um, I thought, for this development diary, this is stuff that we'd already come up with. We worked on it a little bit in January, but um, again, it was mostly busy. So uh, this is stuff mainly from December, but I thought I would talk about a goal... Oh, a correction, first of all, listeners. (laughs) Last episode, we all said Gurgu, and then when I was looking at all of our notes in preparation for this episode, we had in fact called the both the realm and the god beast golgu um which harry do you want to like talk about what the origin of that was beyond it just being obviously gur and olgu
3: um so if i recall correctly we were talking about how we're gonna have this sub realm that you know it's like these veins this, this area that connects gur and olgu and my son was like so golgu and I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, I was like, yeah, we're, we're calling it the veins. He's like, no, Golgu. Golgu <laughs> insisted on calling it that because it's you know just like, Ogish is between, uh, Oggu and Hish. Yep. Anything between Gur and Ogu must be Golgu.
0: Must be Golgu. Which must I think You you posted that in our group chat, and all four of us were immediately like, yep, it's Golgu. That's the name. Yeah. That's fantastic. It has to be. <laughs> it's got to be. So I was going to uh, share a little bit about Golgu, the god-beast. So Golgu is a weird god-beast, kind of in the style of Dracatoa, who is also called the Living Avalanche, which is literally a sentient landslide of amber. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you who know your Age of Myth lore, um, uh, Drakatoa imprisoned Gorka Morka, uh, which is the twin-headed uh, orc god. Uh, in, inside himself in the Living Amber, and he couldn't do anything to get out of it. And so when Sigmar came and rescued him, he, well, he punched Dracothian, and then Sigmar and he had a battle, and then, you know, then they were pals. So I, we wanted to get weird with it and have it, but we, we <laughs> talked about it being maybe an octopus at first. And then I just had this, I, I, in my head, I was like, Golgu should be an enormous sentient kelp. Like a piece of kelp, like seaweed, yeah, being swept into the Silver Realm. Yeah. Out of all the options, Kieran's yep. like, "What if it was sentient kelp? What that if it...
2: you know? Check this out. <laughs> yeah.
1: I got this great idea, guys. <laughs> You've heard I'm about to do so what's on. called a pro gamer move. <laughs> sentient yeah. kelp.
0: Yeah. Um. And then, and then, of course, what happened was I then went and researched everything about kelp to kind of get some inspiration of like, well, how would this even work? Kind of deal. So, um. Kel, listeners, if you've ever seen seaweed or anything, has these, like, natural little bumps in them. And they are actually, like, gas-filled bumps. They're called pneumocysts, and they help to keep it afloat for photosynthesis. So we kind of came up with the story of, like, once Golgu was pulled into the sub-realm, which shares its name, it could no longer photosynthesize, and it died as a result of it. So that's why Golgu, like, is dead in the realm, Uh, And then Golgu's corpse has hundreds of these numicists, these little bumps, which form caverns and caves within its body. And so the city that we are setting this setting in resides in one of the bigger um, caverns. Um, So that's very cool. Um, Kelp also have, at the very bottom, they have this like mass of roots uh, at their base, which is called a holdfast which already I loved because it's like, that's such a great fantasy name to begin with. Right. <laughs> um, and that's what keeps them rooted to the seafloor. And Golgo is no different. Uh, as the tides of the veins move the corpse of Golgo around, uh, which always keeps the city on the move, which is going to be part of this as well. It's part of how they stayed hidden all throughout the Age of Chaos. And the city, even once you get to the veins, the city is difficult to find. Um, an enormous holdfast moves with it. So... That Holdfast is a dangerous place. We were like, okay, we there's something there. There's de- this sounds like this is prime real estate to have a dungeon of some kind. Um, and so, but Kieran, and,
3: what sort of things would they find in the Holdfast?
0: Wow, well, I'm so glad you asked that because <laughs> um, we all I went back and looked at the messages in in what I can only describe as as like a a, a feverish you know scrambling of messages. We excitedly came up with the idea that there are, in fact, pirate ghouls uh, mm-hmm. in the Haltfast. Um, in my notes, I was like, that's it. That's the tweet. We wanted pirate ghouls. Um, so yeah. <laughs> basically, yes, it was infested by a horde of ghouls from the to Courts. This particular group see themselves as noble privateers. They call themselves the Company of the Albatross. Uh, and they're, sa- in the, again, in their minds, in their delusion, they're sailing the ocean on their magnificent ship, which is actually the Holdfast. And then they have a few smaller vessels which make up their fleet. And so these are, like, some of the outer caverns. Again, those, those um, gas-filled bubbles that we talked about. Um, they see the upper caverns of Golgu as hateful pirate ships that are ever following in their wake. So they are constantly, they see themselves as being pursued on this endless ocean by these, like, tyrannical, maniacal pirates. Uh, And so they stage regular sorties and boarding parties uh, onto these rival ships uh, to keep the water safe. Of course, in reality, this means the city Mm -hmm. and its surrounds are constantly dealing with marauding cannibalistic monsters, known to the city as the Deep Scourge, and the caverns Mm -hmm. beyond the city are truly dangerous. So, again, this was like a fun example of you guys can do this with Whoever it is in your gaming group or friends, like we literally just on Discord were like, and this, and this, and then this. And then, Paul, <laughs> you had some great ideas about like what their weapons should be. And and I remember another thing that they did
1: for like the ecosystem of Gurgu, Golgu. Sorry, I'm the one who meant to follow. Listeners,
0: let us know in the Discord at www.themortalrealms.com forward slash Discord. Got it right that time. Uh, well, do you prefer Golgo or Gogo?
1: Yeah. And keep a tracker of every time I mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but what they do for Golgu is that like the sh- that huge city and the godbeast are moving along the various veins and it's very hard to track down. But it's also like the only real livable space, because it's the only place you actually have safety from the ghouls. Yeah. If you try creating a settlement on like the shores of one of these rivers, you have beasts of Olgu, beasts of yeah. Gur, beasts from all over the realms killing you. And on top of that, as soon as the god beast sails by, ghoul raiders will just come take care of you because they see themselves as looting and pillaging and getting everything they need. Yeah. So they do fit into like the massive ecosystem we have going on.
0: Yeah, they really make anywhere, but. The, ironically, despite the fact that the city <laughs> is trailing along in the wake of these ghouls it's actually one of the safer places to be <laughs> within yeah. the veins. Um, and there I realized we didn't talk about but there is uh, an, uh, another thing that we said was absolutely infesting the norholes and skitter holes of the veins, which is something near and dear to Paul's heart. Can you I can it guess it was the spiders. Yeah, it, it was, is the, it was like that. We just had said spiders. that there was like so. Yeah, there was like so many spiders. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's really dangerous to to try and get to the city. <laughs> exactly. Um, one of the things that
2: I love is that we've got these cannibalistic ghouls that are literally sitting in food and sailing yes. around in food. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I think one of their ships should be called the Glory Nori. The Glory Nori? Love it, great, right. <laughs> <Excellent. laughs> Is that
0: what the Holdfast is called, or is that one of the other yeah. vessels? Well, yeah, well, it's one of the vessels, I don't know,
2: it doesn't matter, sure. just, as yeah. long as something is called Glory Nori, I'm totally on board with it. Can it be the Gory Glory Nori? Sure, <laughs> <laughs> I like that, the Gory Glory Nori.
0: Is Glory Nori wow.
2: from something? Is that a reference I'm missing? or just So Nori is a Japanese name for dried seaweed, which is- mm-hmm. Oh, excellent, that's so, even better. Uh, and, and i also love the idea that like there's somebody in the city who's just like, if we could just make them vegan, we yeah and the threat. <laughs> yeah. Like we just and need so to convince them they can to eat stop the eating vegan. <laughs> I think the
3: I think the pirates would call it the glory nori and the the victims are going to refer to it as the gory nori. Oh,
0: I like that. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> That's cool. I like that a lot. Oh, excellent! Well, look at that—we just did some live world building. Oh, <laughs> that's bam. fantastic.
3: It's that easy, folks. It's yeah. that easy. It's that just easy. Just go and pull up a
0: Rhyme Zone and be like, "What rhymes with nori?" Let's figure. Yeah, this exactly. Out. Exactly. Yeah. So, yes, that's just a short thing for this week, uh, just to kind of give you all a little bit more of um, an idea of this setting and the environment that it's in. Um, Will has already written up a. Uh, draft of a couple of like uh, rules and things and possible like mercenary contracts and whatever and so we'll probably flesh that out this month and uh maybe be able to talk about them next week do you want to share anything about them now
1: yeah the the only thing really is i'm just working on from the previous general handbook from second edition they had mercenary contracts and since this is an unclaimed city yeah i thought that part of like what we would have the rules be is being able to Recruit these mercenaries and things like that. I'm just looking at the best way to uh, do that with the rules.
0: And if you have any ideas, come let us know. Would you do that at Path to Story on Twitter or at www.themortalrealms.com? You would do story. it at both, actually. Exactly. But it that has way we to begin- be both. If
1: you do it We're on one only form. one, I'm going to ignore it. So do uh, both. Yeah. In fact,
0: <laughs> listen, pause this episode, load up one of those, or well, no, both of those things, and tell us right now, and then resume play. <laughs> you think he's Excellent. kidding? But he's not kidding. This is just I'm not truth. not remote no, though not, not at all. I'm going to be. I, you, I already stay in the Discord 24 seven. So exactly. I will be monitoring when this episode comes out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, amazing. Well, let's move on then. Um, another new section uh, that we have all talked about that we're going to be doing uh, each month is we are going to be talking about the different path to glory campaigns found within the different faction. Uh, rules. So what we'll do is we'll probably do, you know, two a month or something, um, and kind of say, hey, here's how this faction works, and here's what their campaign looks like, and here are the extra mechanics and things like that. And our hope with that is um, both to talk about more of the actual Path to Glory content that is out there in the world, that um, Games Workshop have written and produced, um, and it's also hopefully to kind of highlight some factions that maybe you haven't uh played before or maybe you've got a few models but haven't looked at the path to glory rules um and to kind of inspire you to go ooh, maybe i want to start a fire slayers campaign maybe i want yeah. to start a daughters of Cain. um and so our hope is to kind of inspire you with that so this week uh we're going to cover two factions harry do you want to talk about our first one
3: yeah and and real quick oh, just yeah. to uh explain to those people listeners who maybe have never paid attention to the narrative play section in your battle tomes um i know in past editions of age of sigmar there may have been a path to glory section and that was a very different type of campaign um where you built a warband and randomly added uh, different types of units to it what is in your third edition battle tomes now is an add-on a supplement if you will to the path to glory rules that are found in your core rulebook, book um, on page 304 of your core rulebook. rule book, if oh, you're look following at that! what a professional um, <laughs> absolutely amazing so and what what they've done with uh, the the main path to glory rules you can play any faction whether it's got a third edition uh battle tome or not you can play that using the base core rules path to glory campaign system but if you've got a third edition Battle tone for your faction, what they've done is add in some additional stuff, such as ways that your allegiance abilities might factor into your narrative campaign or territories that are unique to your faction that you can gain uh, when you're doing your exploration role as part of the, uh, the aftermath sequence um, after each battle
0: it basically so the, is turning it into a total war Warhammer campaign where exactly. we're already doing mm-hmm. the battles which are like the actual battles. This part is the like when you then zoom out and you're building your settlements and you're upgrading things and you're like buying more troops. That's literally what we're doing in in uh, Path to
3: Glory. With so Path to Glory. Yeah. Fun. And that that's really what it is. If you enjoy Total War, play Path to Glory. It's yep. the same thing with your models, <laughs> with your models.
0: Yeah. And and
2: one quick note, if you don't have a 3.0 Battle Tome yet, you probably actually got a Path to Glory update in one of the White Dwarf issues that was released. That's last right. You've been great about that. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Um, so it, I think it's interesting because we've, um, I think at this point now, we're getting updated Path to Glory rules for armies that already had existing 3.0 Path to Glory rules. Yeah, they kind of have. Right? Yeah. So, we're going to actually talk about one of those right now, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because you're going to talk about Slaves to Darkness.
3: Yep, I am. Uh, I will confess, I'm not as familiar with what they had put out in White Dwarf. Um, so, I hadn't started working on my Slaves to Darkness army until they got a, a third edition battle tome. But what I will go over is what they've added in the uh, Slaves to Darkness battle tome. So, there's basic bookkeeping stuff uh, at the beginning of path to glory where typically if you're playing match play or open play when you select a unit that's got the uh, marks of chaos uh, keyword you have to pick a mark of chaos uh, a specific god at the time that you're you're about to play your battle obviously if you're playing a campaign a narrative campaign a unit's not going to be changing their allegiance from battle to battle so that mark of chaos is going to stay the same. Similarly, there's some really neat stuff in the, uh, the army mechanics for the Slaves of Darkness with the Eye of the Gods uh, table and the Eye of the Gods mechanic mm-hmm. where units can gain additional abilities, gain favor from the gods uh, as they're fighting in the battle. And there's always a possibility, and this has been part of the, the lore of the Slaves of Darkness for a long time, There's a possibility that your hero can devolve into a spawn because they displeased the dark gods or be elevated to demonhood and and become a demon prince or princess, as the case may be. Mm. Um, And so they've got rules in here for if that happens, you go ahead and remove that hero from your roster and replace it with either a spawn or a demon prince, as the case may be. I love that um, that
0: happens so, in game. Like, yeah. uh, obviously, yeah. it's, it's something that applies. It's mechanics that is not just specific to narrative play. But I, I just love the story of that. That it's not something that happens in Path to Glory in the aftermath phase, kind of off screen. That it is literally yeah, like yeah. you got to have a spawn and a demon prince model ready to go. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Will.
1: Yeah, I was just say you definitely need to have them ready to go, and it's fun because like the rules of when and how to roll the eye of the gods table. Like there are different scenarios, but the most common one is by killing something and doing something good. And the gods might still not be happy, which is something I love. Like it's a very they are capricious and yeah. Fickle and
3: scheming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And it yeah. forces you to update your narrative based on the dice,
3: which and is what I do like in this edition of the eye of the gods table is they finally took, Uh, the option there of hey you rolled this if you've got the model and you want to because maybe it doesn't fit into your story but if you want to you can turn this hero into a demon prince or if you've got the model you can replace the the hero with a spawn or if you don't they're just gone And and so it does, it does recognize that not everybody's going to pause their game, run out to games workshop, buy a new model, start painting it up and then continue the game. You know, like, (laughs) so, so the options there, and I especially like the option that if you roll the, uh, the high number and get that dark apotheosis to turn your character into a demon prince, that maybe that's not where you wanted your story to go. So you're not locked into that. You can choose, they, they actually give you the option to choose any other boon on the table. Um, oh, that's cool. I don't think if, I if you don't, don't, knew that. Yeah. yeah, if you don't uh, want to turn them into a demon prince. So maybe you want to do, uh, and I'll get into it here in a minute, there's some other ways that you can get your character turned into a demon prince. And maybe that's what you want to make the story arc of your character. And so just because you randomly roll that in one of your early games doesn't mean they have to achieve that goal. Maybe you go ahead and give them another boost to the rent for that battle.
0: And I love that even that is such an example, exactly what Will said, where the story is coming from the dice, right? It's that emergent narrative yep. where suddenly then that can still be part of your story because kind of like how Archaon is is you know the Grand Marshal of the Apocalypse, but is not a demon prince, and we get the impression that like he doesn't want to be a demon, you know, and so he's like he is. It's part of his will and his choice, and I love that even in that narrative where if, if you're pursuing that quest or something, that your warlord or you know one of your heroes might be like no, like I am doing this on my terms, and I just love even that adds to the story, right? It gives exactly. them such character yeah. just from like you're saying random rolls of the dice.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many great ways to tell your uh, your arch villain story yeah. here in in this yeah. battle tome. Um, and that leads me to this next section, uh, which is unique to the slaves of darkness faction for the path to glory. And that's called the gifts of chaos. And so what this is, is you take your warlord character, which is your, your main, uh, protagonist of your path to glory campaign. And you're going to keep track of something called favor. And it's an, it's another, um, resource that you're going to track. And there's different ways that you can gain favor for your hero, um, typically by slaying enemy heroes enemy monsters uh capturing objectives during the game you also get bonus favor if they survive the battle as opposed to dying in the battle Um, and then as you gain favor you have the option in the aftermath phase during step seven uh, to roll as many of your favor points as uh, as possible or as you choose to so say you earned five favor Points, but you only want to roll three dice, that's your, your option. You spend three points, you roll three dice. For every matching number you get, so double or triple, there's a gift of chaos on this table here. Um, and they range from everything from if you get a double one, you get an additional quest point um, for your army, for the quest they're on, all the way up to if you get three sixes, so you get a triple six, Surprise! You get demonhood again. So, yeah, this way yeah. that that your um your warlord can get that that boost up to uh to demonhood.
0: I love that. That feels like a slot machine, right? Yeah. Like it feels like yeah. that temptation. You know, you're you're like and you're like hoping to get all the matching numbers again. I love that little like kind of mini game. You're yeah. Playing. You can
3: you can roll two just two dice and hope for doubles. You can roll a handful of dice. You know, save up after several battles and just roll six dice and see if you get any doubles or triples in there. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these are cumulative. Like any any extras that you get, you just keep getting those boons in there. Um, and there's a lot of other neat things in here. I don't want to read them all off. Uh, but you can automatically add units of, um, like, one of them is Vile servants. So out of the Blasted Waste, beyond uh, flock wretched creatures eager to serve do with them as you will hmm. you can add one unit of the following types to your order of battle without spending any glory points which is chaos huge. spawn yeah furies or raptorixes so there you know if you that's a double four you roll two fours out of that that favor roll surprise you get to add another unit of chaos beast to your um not to be confused with Beasts of Chaos, um, <laughs> to, to your roster without spending any glory points. So it's it's just another fun uh, dynamic that makes a Slaves to Darkness, Path to Glory unique from other factions. And Harry, uh, They also have- Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say, I know last week you had said that um, with starting at higher points values and as your your roster grows, that you are spending so much of your glory points on upkeep. And so this is a yeah. fantastic way of like, you're getting this for free. You're not having to waste glory points or, you know, make yeah. difficult decisions about where you're allocating them. Right.
3: Um, and it is still limited by your, um, by your roster maximums. So for instance, if it rolls uh, there, there's one option in here where you can get an allied unit of demons uh, yeah. from, uh, from those. If you're maxed out on your allies, you, you can't add it to your right. roster. That's, yes. Right. That's a wasted role. Um so the next thing they have, they've got four unique quests to the faction. Um, and I'm not going to go into those. Those are uh, various things or, or missions that are unique to a Slaves to Darkness army. Um, the only one that I'm going to highlight is the Glory of Chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is another one where you can get additional uh roll well it's it's basically rewarding you for rolling on the eye of the gods table in your games so you get quest points um for rolling on the eye of the gods table and if you complete the quest by getting three quest points then you can basically jump ahead and get that dark apotheosis result and turn into a demon prince again uh, well, not again, but it's another, <laughs> another path yeah. to doing that. Yeah. So if you're out there making every attempt to roll on this, I have the God say, well, you're just not getting that result that you wanted. This is another way that your, your hero, your warlord or another hero in your army can be pushing forward towards that goal of ascending to, uh, to become a demon prince. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I really like it because it we have two ways to become a demon prince that are entirely based on the luck of the die, Yeah, which is how chaos generally works. It just feels right. random. You never have control. But like you're saying, Harry, with this quest, it gives your character the control. So your narrative is they like went through and earned it and not like, oh, this is my second battle. And before the game begins, I rolled it for my lord and I'm a demon prince now yeah um, like earning it through like actually doing the killing of heroes and monsters and things like that
3: yeah and i i love the um the the last paragraph in this quest if the role on the eye of the gods table for that hero was 2 3 11 or 12 then this quest ends remove it from your quest log. and that's because the hero that you picked for your quest right is now already a demon prince or they turned into a spawn and, or a spawn yeah game over yeah.
0: I love that they do that, that it, it, it's the best of both worlds, right? Where I think I think a lot of people are going to be attracted to a. I I know I certainly am a Sleeps to Darkness campaign because of that becoming a demon prince, right? That is such a classic chaos narrative. And so I love that they built in the randomness of the gods. It feels like you're waiting on these indiscernible whims of the chaos gods. But if that does take a while and you're like, well, I've, you know, been playing this for six months and I, gee, I wish I could be a demon prince now. There's, there's that failsafe built in. Right. It's either there the safe or like Will was just, exactly. Like Will was just yeah. saying, it could just be your narrative from the start that, um, that's how you want your character to achieve. Yeah. Adulthood.
3: Yeah. And then they they have they also have unique veteran abilities. There are the veteran abilities that you can give to any of your units in the um, in the core book, but then you have the the slaves to darkness specific ones. Um, they have one specifically for cultists or chaos marauders. They have uh, specific ones for corn units, Zinch units, norgo units, and slanesh units. Yeah. So there again, just uh, the ability to, you know, with all the all the veteran abilities, they're only for path to glory battles. Um, you know, once you earn them for your units after they've gained enough renown, uh, you can only really use them when you're playing another Path to Glory right, uh, player. Right. Um, if you take your Path to Glory army and go play a match play game, that just is a nice note on the on the roster, but you're not actually going to play with those rules. But in a narrative <laughs> campaign, with, in a narrative battle, that's going to give them that little extra bit of flavor um, yeah. that this unit isn't like every other unit of chaos warriors. They've, they've seen some things they've done some things and this is, this is how they're different. Again, not unlike total war, where you have right. regiment's <laughs> yes. renown. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Very true. Yes. I'm this telling is you guys, you like this is that. total war
3: <laughs> on the table.
0: I would
3: say <laughs> um, and then, so the last thing or, uh, not the last thing, but then the next thing I want to talk about are the territories. Um, And these are unique. So on the exploration rolls in your core book, you're going to see that 61 through 66 because it's a D66 roll. Those are marked out for faction-specific rolls. And in here you have, again, very chaos-specific territories. You have chaos wastes. You have a chaos monolith, a chaos dreadhold, a war pit, which if... uh, you've ever peeked at the daughters of cain um path to glory you'll see that that's very similar there oh yes yeah that gladiatorial uh, um, you know a nice <laughs> gladiatorial arena where you guys can go get extra mm-hmm. renown between yeah. battles
1: and i really um, like that because it fits into the uh spire tyrants right yeah the war cry oh, war band that are thought about that yeah working that's alongside and they are like the gladiators and everything
4: mm-hmm
3: yep Yep, you've got an unholy site. And then finally, you've got a realm gate. So this is the other bit. I guess I should have brought this up in the um, in the hobby section. But that confounded me over this past month. because oh, yes. I'm reading through, through this uh, Path to Glory rule set for my faction. And I'm like, oh, a realm gate. Well, they're, they're very, you know... Um, They're very emblematic of the mortal realms, right? Like these realm gates are how everyone gets around. And it was a big deal back when uh, Age of Sigmar first came out that there are these realm gates and that's how these massive universe can connect disparate forces. So, but the, uh, the um, Baleful Realm Gates kit that they came out with back in 2015 it's not the easiest thing to get your hands on these days. Yeah. <laughs> and here you've got a territory that unlocks a mission, a battle plan that's on the very next page here where they say, put a baleful realm gate in the middle of the board. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then I'm looking through my son's path to glory in the Lumineth book. Yeah. And they've got a battle plan that centers around a baleful realm gate. So instantly I was on the hunt and I lucked <laughs> out. I, I re- seem to recall a little game shop back in uh, West Virginia, actually. So um, I back home for me is the, the Ohio West Virginia border. And, mm-hmm. uh, and there's this little game shop in Vienna, West Virginia called lost Legion games. I only mention them because of a couple of things I'm about to tell you and they they said I can mention them on the air um first of all when I had visited them last this past summer um the owner met my son and uh, my son was geeking out about elves and that's who gifted him oh, with yeah. the uh the Very two cool. elven halves of the uh, spire of dawn uh oh, set and, awesome. and so again kudos to the owner of lost legion games in Vienna West Virginia But I also remembered, deep back on the shelves, as you'll often find with your friendly local game stores, sometimes there are kits that everyone locally isn't interested in. um, And they're just sitting there collecting dust. And I'm like, I thought I saw a Baleful Realm Gate. So I just (laughs) happened to be traveling back there this past month. And I went in, and sure enough, Hmm. there was that double pack of Baleful Realm Gates. I was (laughs) able to pick those up for release yeah, that's retail, wild. like what they were released for, uh, not what you find them on eBay for right now. And picturing and, uh, you as
0: Gandalf in uh Minas Tirith blowing the you know the dust off like in ancient times, like. <laughs> and you're like, the round gates, where were the round gates?
3: And uh, yeah, there's I think there's also an Ophidian archway there if anyone's interested. Oh, nice um, road uh, trip. Uh, so so now i have these realm gates and that's important because if i ever roll the 66 on my exploration roll i am definitely playing this battle plan because it is a super fun battle plan it's it's very thematic for what my army is trying to do it's very thematic for what my son's army is trying to do um yeah where chaos is trying to corrupt these realm gates and bring all sorts of nastiness in from the realm of chaos
1: Yeah, um, I was so. gonna say like even though you and your son both have factions that give you the baleful realm gate, it's not going to do the same thing. Absolutely uh, based on your armies, which I think is great. Like you said, as Slaves of Darkness, we are corrupting that Realm gate. Right. It's not gonna be a normal Realm Gate when we're done with it.
3: No, it sure isn't. <laughs> Amazing. Um so that's the that's the territories. Um uh, there's also uh Ever since they, they first came out with the Stormcast Eternals book, they've had this way for your heroes to get better or to become enhanced, um, right. whether that's to mm-hmm. gain a mount or to become a bigger, badder type of hero. And so they've got that in here um, where you can take your Chaos Lord and put him on a Karkadrak or Demonic Mount or a Manticore if you've got the Chaos Lord on foot. Yeah. Um, they also have the ability to put a cast sorcerer Lord on a manticore. And so there again, you pay the, the renown points that you need to, um, or you don't pay them. You, you get to the required renown level and then you pay the glory points. Yeah. And then, um, you would replace one war scroll with the other on your roster and you're going to play them as a new, a new version of that hero, um, which of course is great for modeling and conversion possibilities yeah. there where you're going to create this new version of a character that you've already modeled up.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Um, and, and they also have the ability to uh, elevate an exalted hero of chaos into a chaos lord.
0: I think that's what's, my favorite one. Yeah.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm loving the new uh, exalted hero chaos model. I definitely want to get my hands on him. Um, and, and anyone who follows me on Twitter knows the whole base size, um, kerfuffle that <laughs> oh, I was yeah. going back and forth about. Mm, yeah, he but... does come with a 40 millimeter base. If anyone wonders, we did settle that. Yep. The, uh, the, the uh, battle scroll is wrong. Um, but uh, what's missing from this core enhancements, uh, or the um, war scroll upgrades list is anything for the Dark Oath heroes. Mm. So what I've decided to do... Uh, this is where my mind's at. I don't think that a dark oath war queen or even a dark oath chieftain would move up to an exalted hero of chaos. I think Mm -hmm. in their minds, they see themselves as an exalted hero of chaos already. So I think they're just going to, the natural move up from war queen would be to a chaos lord. Very cool. Yeah. And so I'm just going to use the, the required renown points and the glory points cost that's listed for the exalted hero of chaos to become a chaos Lord. If I decide that I want my dark Oath war queen to become a chaos Lord and model up a version of her in full plate armor. Yeah. um, You know, if, if Tigress uh, is going to go that route, then that's what I'm going to do, but it's not specifically here on the list. I think that narrative wise, that's an easy explanation there and the the points would work out the same.
1: I, also think like a like wouldn't even be a bad idea to just have them skip the foot chaos lord step if you're just like she is my war queen and now she has a cracker jack and just like mm. jump
0: up to there instead of having to oh, stop which, what, chaos again. Lord. We're talking about modeling possibilities. What a cool <laughs> conversion that would be of yeah, like yeah. a war queen. War queen on a on a, cra- a cracker jack. Just amazing. Yeah. Cracker jack. When oh, I say cracker you did say cracker jack. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a restaurant There's in a
2: <laughs> No, it's actually like uh, toffee cop- popcorn with.
0: Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So you can either have them with popcorn or with an actual Chaos Mount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both, yeah. So, there it is. So, both are great. Both are great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so,
3: yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty much everything that's in this section. Um, I already mentioned the battle plan, which is a whole mission centered around. Uh, Corrupting a a realm gate, which you have to get that territory first before you can even play this battle plan. But it's a nice thing to look forward to. Um, And then uh, they they do have some war scroll battalions in here. Um, Again, mostly centered around uh, different uh, marks of chaos. So if their uh, allegiance is primarily to one of the the four gods, um, they're going to uh, you, you can work towards one of these uh, battalions or take one of these battalions as part of your path to glory. And uh, it's specific to narrative play. These aren't, the, the war squirrel battalions aren't really designed for match play. Um, you could take them in open play, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they're really supposed to center around the narrative of your army and they're gonna reward that with some, some extra abilities.
0: Amazing. Well, fantastic. Sleeps to Darkness. Really cool campaign. Excited to see uh, how are you and Will kind of actually play this one out. I'm excited to see, uh, yeah, this campaign in action. Um, and another campaign that we're going to see in action is our next action that we're going to talk about. Paul, do you want to take it away? So um,
2: we were able to get access to the Gloom Spike gets Battle Tome early. Thank you, GW. Thank you. Um, so uh, we were able to play a couple games, um, even though the Tome released yesterday. We yep. got a couple games in earlier this month. Um, and the fun thing about the Path of Glory for Gloomspite Gits is that all that, like, favor the gods and everything like that, we don't have that with Gloomspite Gits. You know what we got? <laughs> we got mushrooms. Yeah. It, mushrooms and <laughs> fungus brews. And, like, you think I'm kidding, but, like, that's actually the fun, cool thing about Gloomspite Gits is that when you're playing a game every round, you can make a roll for every unit on the table that hasn't already rolled and you're collecting mushrooms as the battle oh my is going on. I love right? that. <laughs> Number one, I love this because you don't have to win to gain this. Stuff. Yeah, right, right. You're, you're, yeah. You're, oh, I'm alive. I get to roll. We'll see if something happens, right? Um, and so every time a unit rolls, you roll a d6. On a one oh. to two, nothing happens. On a three to four, you roll on another randomly generated table. On a five plus, you roll on a different randomly generated table. <laughs> Uh, so you have a common shrooms table or a rare shrooms table, oh, and then absolutely. if you go to those two, right, then you roll on those. Then you have to roll to see how many of the specific mushrooms that you get. I am obsessed right? with this. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, it's... Need, I
3: need to know. Do the sneak, sneaky snufflers get a bonus? They do get a bonus. And, oh, and <laughs> also get a bonus. Yeah, they get a plus That's one. Brilliant.
2: If you're under the light of the bad moon, you want to get also get a plus one. But the oh man. Wizards and Gabapalooza also get a plus one. Uh, oh, for up the mushrooms. So, so. good. Um, and then in step seven, you can
0: concoct a fungus brew with all these mushrooms oh, that you got. I didn't know that that was part. I'd seen mushrooms online. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Paul and Will got. So Harry and I are hearing this for the first time. And uh. I'd see, yeah, <laughs> that's great.
3: That's yeah. so amazing.
0: Uh, so yeah. I won't go through too much of it
2: right now because since we've already played two battles, yeah. I have some mushrooms, so we should be able to roll up our own fungus brew or fail to roll up the fungus brew. So I'm just going to go through quickly. Um, finishing the fungus brew, which again is a bunch of rolling tables based on what you yep. have. And then you have a concoction score. And then there's also a failure table as well if you Amazing. fail to meet the minimum requirements. And then this is a super fun thing that we talked about at Warhammer Weekly. They have a cool little like Chart. They have a shroom collection roster that Brilliant. shows you what the mm-hmm. specific mushrooms look like, and then you can write down how many that you have. Um, you can and then actually you can see them, like them there, there's month. art.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's art. Yeah, there's oh, art for amazing. every
2: single kind of mushroom. Um, so which is super fun.
3: Why? Um, why weren't these pictures part of like the uh, the sneak peeks that we were getting? I, in, I know, right? Uh, we're hammer community. <laughs> well, like, that's all it, I need.
0: I'm wondering that. Like, this is. I mean. Assuming that these aren't just like mushrooms they pull from art in other places in the book, it's like, is this this is the kind of the first time we've got, what, exclusive art for a Path to Glory section? Well, it's not, actually, because they, oh, it's they not? have okay. been
2: putting these in the book for for, for a okay, while. gotcha. Yeah. But yeah now yeah. they've actually put them on. So Very like Glowy cool. Mork Eyes has been something that I've heard referred to in the lore before. Incredible. There's a specific picture of what Glowy Mork Eyes are. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> so you can put on the roster. Um, and then, as as most of the new books have, there's four other quests that you can go on. One of them is great. It's just called Picking Season. You just get to roll for two units instead of one. You can't Excellent. finish it. It's just like, yeah, you get to go and get extra mushrooms. Um, <laughs> and then there's another one called Fungus Finders. It just allows you to do other stuff, um, hmm. specifically around this uh, picking mushrooms and stuff. Uh, but then you get specific potions out of that, which is nice. Ooh. Oh, brilliant. Um, there's also a quest. It's just called Raid Stunties." You just have Excellent. to go fight a Dwarden army. <laughs> oh, um, no, perfect. And beat them, right? So, um, and then the last one is uh, called the Loom King's Tribute. Mm-hmm. And this is a cool thing where um, you get to play the specific battle plan for the Spike Gits if you go through this quest. And this one also doesn't require winning, again, fantastic learning that. like,
0: yeah that's great uh,
2: um, and you don't have to have a specific territory to go on this quest you can just embark on it at any point. Um, oh perfect. And then the next page is the veteran abilities um, like you were talking about before and I this is something that they've done originally when they did veteran abilities was like these are the six veteran abilities that you can take right which is which is poignant because I actually played this army gloom spike gets in the previous Path of the Glory rule set. Oh, and so I had veteran abilities on some of my units, but now I'm like, okay, well, I feel like we need to switch into the new system yep. because it's got this cool new roster and stuff. Um, but previously they would just have six abilities and you could pile all six of those oh, on yeah, any sure. of the <laughs> units, which meant that you could get these pretty overpowered units that would yep. just have like plus one to hit once a game and plus one to move, you know, um, but the way that they're doing it now is they kind of have one veteran ability per type. Mm. So like moon clan unit or Grot unit or Trogoth unit, right? So each of those different sub factions can get their own veteran ability. And then of course you can use the ones that are in the main rule book as well. So you can kind of mix and match a little bit. That um, is
1: one thing I've noticed with, um, like the Battletone path to glory updates when it comes to veteran abilities they really do like hammer it into like specific types or even groupings of units. Cause that way the veteran ability is even more uh, specialized to that type of person. You're not getting right. a choice for a unit that you would never take because it doesn't work or something that would be broken. They really did think about what would make this unit look like an elite version of Trogoths yeah. or something like that.
2: Yeah um so the next thing that we have is the territories. so i'll just give you the names for them because they're they're (laughs) fun uh so this again was what harry is talking about this d66 rule 61 through 66 you can get a fungus field you can get a lurk layer or a trog
0: hole
2: a squig paddock uh, squig
0: paddock (laughs) scuttle
2: tunnels or a buried dank hold uh, Man, which is probably boy. my favorite because you can upgrade it to a mushroom nursery.
0: Oh my God, <laughs> oh my that's gosh. brilliant.
2: But I have to say, there is a good Texas shout out because you can upgrade the squig paddock to a squig ranch. Oh, <laughs>
0: phenomenal. <laughs> Sorry, Harry. <laughs> now we're playing Staldy Valley. <laughs> in exactly.
2: Oklahoma. Yeah. Just, I'm already.
0: imagining Grok cowboys riding around yes. in like, cowboy hats, yeah. like, up all these squigs. And perfect for the new Gitz model, like you were saying, uh, Paul the Shepherd. right? He's got yeah, that yeah. crook. It's like, this is where he hangs out when they're back <laughs> exactly. Um,
2: And then, of course, you can get your heroic upgrades um, and the, the core enhancements. You get all that kind of stuff. And then you can do the required war scroll, upgraded war scroll. So loom boss can go on a mangler or a giant cave squig, um, stuff like that. So that's fun. I like that because it allows you to continue the narrative of the character, even yeah. if you're moving up and you want a bigger monster and stuff like that. I like that. Um,
0: it, it's, it's fun. Um, so and They kind of level up. Like There's not really a exactly. level up mechanic, and, and they, this is kind of, yeah, yeah functionally that. Uh,
2: so then the battle plan itself is called the Fangs of the Bad Moon, um, and that's the one that you can get from going on the quest. And then <coughs> the fun thing is the Bad Moon actually gets new rules for this Ooh. battle plan. And then the Fangs are... Pieces of the loonstone that falls to the earth. So there's special rules for using that oh, as well. Amazing. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's uh, very cool. So, and then you have these um, narrative play war scroll battalions as well uh, that do fun things. So I'm using the squiggle lance uh, for my path of glory, <laughs> and there's actually a squiggle lance battalion. Amazing! Um, mm-hmm. Which is super fun because if a unit in this battalion is affected by the light of the bad moon at the start of the combat phase. That unit is eligible to fight in that phase if it's within six inches of an enemy unit instead of three oh,
3: inches. Man.
2: And can move an extra three inches when it piles in. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Oh, that's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, that I can of make some really fun again. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: and how, how does the mechanic of the Bad Moon Light work? Is that just in that one battle plan? Or is there like a...
2: So the Bad Moon is actually just an Allegiance ability that you get for doing gloom Gits. Very gets, cool. And they switched it from last one and made it better, in my opinion. A lot better <laughs> Previously, it would start off the board, and then you had to roll to make it come on the board at all. Oh,
0: wow. Interesting. Okay.
2: Now it starts on the board, and then you have to roll to see if it stays or it moves one. And then okay. you have three guaranteed turns that the bad moon will be on the table. But the Wait. best place for the bad moon to be is in the center of the table. Then it covers the whole table, and everybody gets the ability uh, abilities that are granted by being under the light of the bad moon. So, for example... Oh, cool. Um, squigs can like run and charge if they're under the light of the bad moon and stuff like that. Um, but the other kind of fun thing in the battle tome is that um, they've actually included other ways of being under the light of the bad moon. Mm. So if you have your, um, your loon shrine and you're within 12 inches, you count as being under the light of the bad moon.
0: Oh, very cool. If you have oh, Spraggrat nice.
2: in your army, you count as being under the light of the bad moon if you're within 12 inches of him. Hmm. He has an aura of the bad moon That's yes, cool. I love that. and then there's also an endless spell called the malevolent moon. And if you're within twelve oh. inches of that, you're also within the lay of the bad moon. So you actually get these Very mini cool. bad moons that like mm-hmm. all you know or yeah, it's it's fun yep. still. So. and so I love yeah,
1: that fits into the narrative of like the gets there of course, are going to be the gits that follow the bad moon and go wherever yep. it goes but not every git in all of the mortal realms can be under the bad moon at the same time. Right. So I love yeah. the narrative, like, they are bringing it with them. Like, they're not going yeah. to attack a city without at least some bad moonlight. So they're bringing it. Yeah.
2: I also love the that's the idea that they're just, like, chasing the bad moon randomly yeah.
0: around the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, as, like, yeah. As the battle like, oh happens. Oh my god! Like, yeah, Benny Hill music just playing yeah, as they're, like, chasing. Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Especially for squigs, they're just like... Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, so uh, that is the Spike Gits. Um, Amazing. It's super fun, and we're going to cover them a little bit later when we actually attempt,
0: no guarantees, to concoct a fungus potion. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I'll say that. Like, n- in no other podcast are you going to get a live squig mushroom brewing segment. Exactly. So, it's it's not that's, you know, if you yeah. needed another reason to love, you know, this podcast, <laughs> there you go.
1: And you can either hear... uh how successful you can be with yeah. this, or you can exactly hear the moment where Paul's heart breaks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's live. Exactly. It's real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Will and Paul, yeah, you guys did get a couple battles in. So do you want to start us off? Yeah. So we got two
1: battles in. Uh, the first battle that we did was, again, when we got to look at the book a little bit early and it was before all of the news of like what Gloom Spike Gets could do, like made it across the internet. Now, by the time you're listening to this,
0: oh, yeah, you guys didn't, you wouldn't that. have the resources of like everybody theory crafting. You're doing yeah. it yourself.
1: <laughs> We're looking at it, like this looks cool. Um, but now everyone kind of knows like squigs can move fast and they're very vicious and they have lots of teeth. Uh, we didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <No>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, I learned the hard way. Um, so the first battle we did. Uh, We wanted to keep it a little bit simple. We did the ritual battle plan. Uh, My thought process was I have a Chaos Sorcerer Lord, and he was going to be performing this ritual to summon uh, Chaos Magic. Mm. And Paul and his gits, because they are blind, they can't really see exactly what's going on. They just knew that there was some sort of magical energy here going on, and they just like rushed into it to grab the magic and to pick mushrooms not even caring who's going to be there or not just turns out there were some
0: enemies in the area i had yeah. no clue i am the idea of the gits chasing the bad moon is even more hysterical with paul's army because they can't even see it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they, they can so feel the bad moon can feel that's about it <laughs> i love that
1: so and then they're much. just like
2: consumed by rage and, like i'm angry at things incredible
1: yeah um yeah so the game kicks off and i've got my legionnaires and my chosen and all my heroes and i'm like ready to go i've been doing some practice games with the army but this is my first time going up against paul what is the
0: setup for the ritual are you in the middle and
1: yeah so i have there's a point in the middle and then two points on like the rear side Uh, the two rear ones aren't worth as much as the middle one and every time I control them, I add on victory points. And every mm. time Paul controls them, it subtracts victory points. So oh, cool. there's really just like one point number to see it's if the ritual is completed or not. Uh, so the first turn, I'm controlling all the points, and I have run my chosen up, and they just immediately delete a unit of squake hoppers. I'm like, this is great. I love yeah, this. This is <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, my Marshal Marshall's running up, he's throwing nets on people, he's stabbing a lot, a lot of bloodshed. <laughs> Me and Paul thought, okay, this game's pretty much over. Slaves of yep. Darkness are really strong. And then Paul gets to go. Uh, and this is when we learned that squigs can move and bounce a lot. Brilliant. <laughs> and they have very sharp teeth. And like after that first round when we both attacked, his squigs bounce everywhere. There's all this blood. Uh, the game seemed fairly evenly matched but then they just he yeah. got the bad moon in the center and then it was like oh, nothing yeah. I could do
2: I was yeah. moving people around cutting things as much as I could but well one of the fun things is like especially when like you're running a battle tome and you have no guidance on how it works It's right. <laughs> literally just like I-, I charged into combat with my um with my mangler squig and I'm like looking at the book and I'm like oh the book says I have my own monstrous reaction for a Mangler Squig. (laughs) What does it say? (laughs) Oh, I can move 3d6 inches. I just have to end up in combat with somebody.
0: Oh, amazing. Oh, okay.
2: So I'm like, roll the 3d6 and like, oh, you thought I was in combat over here. No, actually, I'm in combat over there. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it was, my Centaurian Marshall was going up and he was like, he did a lot of damage and the Mangler Squigs just bounce away. And they're then suddenly, like, my why? my legionnaires were like, "We'll just stand back here to get easy points. No issue. Stomp." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> amazing. Um, and then I love it because, again, with Paul's narrative of they can't see, right. they just get stung by something. They bounce away, and then they just hear other people screaming as they're being crushed. Yeah, yep. <laughs> There's That's no hard. idea what's going
0: on. Incredible.
3: And Paul is is the Mangler Squid your warlord for this path to glory?
2: No, actually I have a uh, a hero that's on a gigantic squig
0: as opposed to the Mangler Squid. My well, Mangler Squid is actually not a hero at all. Oh, okay. Um, so, did any uh, characters do anything noteworthy in the game with their particular heroic moments or um, fails or So, there was one
1: not it was a fail. Uh so I, ha- I get my Chaos Lord the command ability where I get to roll on the Eye of the Gods table before the game even begins.
0: Oh, amazing. Nice. nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, it so. was a
0: one and a two,
1: uh, which is <laughs> no. Chaos spawn territory. But because I am undivided, I get to reroll one. Oh, god <laughs> so I'm, wow. like, I'm going to reroll the one. I'm going to get out of this. Uh, so we joked that it was, he called upon the gods for their favor for their first battle. And then he just feels a tail growing, a little rat tail oh, coming out. So he doesn't want it. Not like, no, 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 guy. no, no, no. Want the favor of that guy. no. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, and he made it. Mean, the idea of the bad
0: moon is like distorting it slightly. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. the bad moon is like, yeah. it was actually a mushroom tail. That's
1: what yes. it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it became, I, f- it was like no result, like nothing. He just, n- nope, I don't want anything. I'm good. Um, oh. And then one heroic thing that was cool was I love the unit champion for the Chaos Legionnaires. I just think it's such a cool model. Uh, And it was just him left of one of my units, and I think he got the killing blow on Paul's Warlord for that battle. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So I'm like, I want to just take that model, find a third one, and just use him as a like a Chaos Lord or Exalted Hero. Yeah, like point. a new... He's
0: distinguished right. himself in the ranks. Um, very hey, cool. he's,
3: he's already on this right base size to be an Exalted Hero.
0: And then he got stomped <laughs> by the Mangler Squid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there was a uh, lot of stomping going on. There so was a much. lot of random charging. Um, That's
3: awesome.
1: Yeah, it Amazing. ended... Paul did get a major victory. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Because uh, he was able to take away points faster than I was able to gain them. Cool. um yeah i'm trying to remember with the aftermath phase i did add a chaos a unit of chaos knights because mm. i thought those squigs are too fast i need to get <laughs> there somehow
2: got to pick uh, you pick as yeah. your
3: as your most notable um unit to to get the extra renown.
1: Uh, so, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but you definitely went with the Megler Squigs because they just stopped oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. And then we had gone with the Centurion Marshal for mine because he had dished out a lot of damage. And his net to make people go last yeah. was really beneficial uh, for that as well. Nice. Does he have
0: a name, your Centurion Marshal? I know he you mentioned the name. Uh, he is Malarek Splinterhoof. Oh, very cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, like spooky. Harry, I gave everyone all my unit champions' names and everything. Yeah. Um, I might have Excellent. to change some of them, but I'll get to that as we get into our <laughs> second battle, yes. which is uh, in the... I was going to say the latest White Dwarf, the latest for us, but for the listeners, it's going to be a little bit older. There is a narrative campaign of Spike Gets versus Skaven.
3: Mm-hmm. And That's Paul awesome.
1: and I have decided that we're going to play through that. Uh, it's a super cool little campaign but instead of Skaven, we're just swapping it out with uh, my Slaves to Darkness army. Excellent. They're both chaos, so we kind of thought that would work pretty well. Yeah. The basic premise of the campaign is the Gits are coming in to mess up what the Slaves to Darkness are doing. And I have to allocate my resources. I get nice. like three army groups. One is... It's funny because it's all based off of like what Paul can bring, really. Right. One is, if we play a battle, we play at the battle with the same number of points. One is, like my main army, <clears throat> so when we play a battle, I actually get 10% more points than he does. Oh, cool. And then there's another one where I get 10% less points than he does. Mm-hmm. And then there are three locations we have to defend. Uh, where is my little book? Uh, they all had Skaven names, so we renamed them.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. Uh,
1: The three areas are a Temple of Bellacor. Lovely. uh, An ether Quartz Deposit, and then an Abandoned Outpost. This is all all taking place in the vein, so the Abandoned Outpost would be like one of those settlements that got
0: destroyed by the ghouls.
1: Mm -hmm. There's just
0: nothing left. I love that there's a temple of Balakor in the veins. I really, yeah. that's cool. Like yeah. there's this shadowy fame that is mm. still standing. I love that.
1: Yeah, they're trying to spread his influence past just their little area of old goon.
3: Mm-hmm. That, may, that may have to come up in future battles. It definitely
1: <laughs> will have to. Um, and so I took those three battle groups and I wrote down where they're defending. And then Paul has to choose where to attack. Mm-hmm. uh and we had one of them be an ether quartz deposit because normally it was um warp stone deposit we're like yeah. oh ether quartz mm-hmm. is good because we have the light of hish yeah we may have tied it into like lumineth that had come at some point and were drawn and killed so yep. of course that's where
2: paul went of course because yeah. uh, you know i have all this with... either stone anyway mm-hmm. yeah so yeah and
3: how um, do how do we talked about the some parts of the veins that are more well-to-do actually import aether quartz to light the uh Mm -hmm. the the darkness
0: exactly so um so it has it's very important in the veins aether quartz yeah
3: yeah. so
2: this is huge and the fun thing about this uh little white dwarf mini campaign is that um it has its own rules its own realm rules um so uh, one of them is basically that your entire unit gets to attack (laughs) every time you're attacking
3: uh, so, uh,
2: as long as a member of the of a member of the unit is within half an inch of another model, then every member of that unit gets to attack. And the second thing sure. is that when you're next to a piece of terrain, you have to subtract one from save rolls. And then um, at the start of your hero phase, roll the dice. What you trying from to unit. simulate? So. so- you go, Paul, because you actually have it in front of you. Yeah. I will uh, say, so... well, we made it simulate. Oh, sure. So the first one is just because it's dangerous every turn, like you're, you're supposed to be mm-hmm. dealing with um, uh, just being underground in, in for us in the veins, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with some yeah, cramped spaces. So well. That's great. Um, and for the second one, it was warp stone con- contamination, but we said that was ether quartz contamination. Oh, sure, like, sure, sure. So the anger, right? Would Yeah, the, the spent uh, ether quartz. Yeah. There. And then on, on a, so at the beginning of the phase of your start of your hero phase, roll the dice for each friendly within six inches of a terrain feature on a one that unit suffers D three mortal wounds. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. And
1: I will say, I remembered this after I got home, we didn't do that a single time. No, we didn't exactly. <laughs> Never <laughs> once. We remembered the other rules, but we yeah, forgot. Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm surprised we didn't take more mortal wounds. Oh, cause we didn't roll them. <laughs> yeah. <we> did,
4: yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, and then there are actually, there's a specific Path to Glory reward as well. And the the fun thing about oh, this campaign cool. is that there's actually open war ways of playing each battle plan, Path mm-hmm. to Glory ways of playing each battle plan, and Contest of General ways of playing each battle plan. Oh, that's plan. amazing. That's really you, cool. Yeah. Um, and narratively, it's actually super cool because it's talking about what happens to Skagrot after Excelsis. Like, that's what the story is behind what's going on right now. And why they put this campaign in there. Yeah. So, That's uh, so we cool fought way. our first battle. Um, Will got more points than I did. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Which was great. Um, but then that means the next two games we play, Will's going to have the same or less points than I do.
0: Because mm-hmm. I took oh. the hard one first.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Um, and the way it works is if Paul wins one battle... We get to go to like a big final fight, but if I can mm-hmm. hold them off for two battles, I basically win without needing to go to the climax. Amazing, um, and I'm concerned because, like you said, I I got the thing where I had more points this time, and so I we deploy and I start rolling for my beginning of the game. I have the gods table, and it's funny because, like Harry had said, they acknowledge not everyone has the demon prince model or the chaos spawn model to bring in case you need to swap out I do have those demon princes like I mentioned and I do have the chaos spawn so I always bring them with me just in case and I roll for my chaos lord beginning of the game and he becomes a demon prince like yeah. hey you know what like oh you got 10% more and now you got a demon prince and now you're a demon right. prince and the way we narratively did that is because we're at the Aether Quartz deposit, that's where Paul decided to attack. I called upon the power of the gods for their favor, and the gods just took up a lot of that energy in the Ether Quartz and decided to amp up the Chaos Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also have an exalted hero of chaos who gets the roll beginning of the game he also became a demon king. You oh had an exalted goodness. hero of chaos.
2: <laughs> so he started with so, two foot heroes, and then
0: before the wild. game has started, two demon princes. And then I, I already started
1: that. with 10% more points. Oh my gosh. I love yeah.
0: that in your first battle, it, like he nearly turned into like a chaos spawn, and, and then it's the flip this battle, like two demon mm-hmm. princes.
2: Yeah, only the extremes, nothing in the middle.
1: The middle was wild. for my
2: chaos chosen. Well, and and now it actually presents a real hard problem for Will because the game they turn into a demon prince, right? He gets that for free. Every other game going forward, he doesn't have any foot heroes anymore. He's got mm-hmm. two demon princes to fit into the list, and he has to fit that into the points total. Mm-hmm. So, That's
0: wild. Yeah. yeah. It was a great boon for this game. Not yep. so much for the future which, and again, that's a great aspect of chaos because it's like they've given you this boon that maybe you can't even use properly like you may leave them at home that will come up also <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few times actually
1: uh yeah so i now had two who used to be foot heroes five inch move which going against squigs it can move everywhere was an issue Mm -hmm. And now I have two heroes who can fly and they both have wings. So I suddenly have all this movement. Uh, And for this game, I swapped out my chaos Legionnaires for my chaos Knights to make up that movement. Suddenly I could almost go toe to toe speed wise with the squakes.
3: With the Mm squakes. Yeah.
1: Um, And so for this battle, I forget, we didn't mention that it was an open play battle. Mm -hmm. Uh, We deployed in like, different corners so i had the one corner on the left like the front left and one corner in the back right and then for paula was he had the flipped ones and our victory condition was we had objectives in our own territories Mm -hmm. but the way it worked was they were both on like the same half of the battle we made it on the long half Mm Mm-hmm. And so we were just trying to find a way to outflank each other to get those territories. If you controlled both in your opponent's turn, yep. you win. Uh, oh, we had misread that. And yep. so the blind squigs made a mad rush to get them both in his turn. And it was like, we were sitting there counting models. Like, okay, you, I have it by one. You need to kill me. Otherwise, yep. the game is over. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I mean, that then, feels very fitting for blind squigs. Yeah, too. exactly. <laughs> yes.
2: But believe it or not, blind squigs can't count very well. It's did to get the right who, number. Who knew? Even yeah. for the victory condition that we weren't actually playing for. Incredible. But also, that felt really appropriate for blind squigs and be like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay, that's not actually the objective. But this is what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah.
1: And so it was a lot of, like, both of our armies moving, like, trying to get around each other to attack the different objectives. And it came down to, like, so few models left on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and it ended up with, uh, I received the the major victory on that one. Yep. Which is I why go. I'm worried moving on, because I had so few things left. And I had 10% more oh, points. Yeah, right. And then two mm-hmm. of those heroes got free upgrades. So, and
0: I barely won. <laughs> yeah.
1: So yes. if I if I have less points for the next one, it's going to be rough. The squeal <laughs> so
0: will be coming.
3: Have yeah. you done your casualty rolls for that as well?
1: I have. I did luck out. So I went through my aftermath on that because um, I had taken a bunch of casualties for my Chaos Legionnaires in the previous game, which is why mm-hmm. I subbed them out. Mm-hmm. On this one, I got really lucky with my casualty ro- rolls. You know, thank the gods. Yeah. um so everything is fine for now i think everyone got recovered who had casualties so i'm all kind of good except a lot of my heroes have minus one wound starting for the next game yeah, right yeah
3: and just to explain again for the listeners that haven't played path to glory um what we're talking about with casualty rolls is for every model that died in the game you need to roll a dice and um i don't have it in front of me uh think it's on a one yeah on a one uh, yeah so for every model that died during the game on a one that that model is or you get a casualty point and then when you play the next path to glory game if you take that unit you subtract the same amount of models as you have casualty points for that unit so basically that guy is out until you replenish him Mm-hmm. Um, through another mechanic and another step of the aftermath phase. You mean um,
2: how I lost uh, four of the squig hoppers in one unit and three of the squig hoppers in another unit? Yep. Yeah, Is yeah, that like, how your cool casualty that. rolls went? Yeah, wow. yeah. No, no, no. my so... casualty rolls were horrendous. I lost four <laughs> in, out of ten in one, three out of ten in the next, and two out of five in my Bounders. Wow. wow. But the thing is, I've got a decent amount of glory because yeah, we were kind of sure. not doing any of the moving forward because I didn't have the book right in front of me. Um uh, so I might be able to jig my way around finding Hopefully. a solution yeah. to the problem here. So but, but <laughs>
3: exactly. there again, you, you pay the full points for that unit when you take mm-hmm. it. You're just right. damn models because yeah, you of, just get of casualties, yeah.
0: Exactly. exactly. Yeah, maybe there's a chance then for the for the Chaos Legionnaires. There is. Yeah. It it's doable. Um <laughs> I love that you guys have, have done this, that you're doing the White Dwarf campaign because it's another, such a good example of, you know, White Dwarf comes out with rules like this all the time. There's been like the Flashpoint Rondel stuff that's been happening mm-hmm. recently um, that you don't even have, you know, you can play it as a separate campaign if you want to, but I love that it's like, well, let's tweak it slightly for our particular armies and then we're going to include it as sort of a, a mini arc within our path to story stories like that is such a great way of incorporating fun new things that uh, are coming out for new rules new ways to play um that yeah you just fold into your narrative it's brilliant
1: yeah and i loved like paul had mentioned for this one it tells you like oh if you're if you want to do an open play game you can use the generators to simulate this specific battle using open play Oh, very. if you want to simulate this specific battle using path to glory Use this battle plan if you want to. If you want to do this narrative campaign using match play rules, here are the battle plans for each of the specific battles. Like it's, it's giving people more freedom. It's not that hey you need to play this narrative campaign and you right. need to do these custom battle plans that may be right. balanced in one way or the other. It's even if you do only match play, you can play narrative, which I really right. enjoy.
0: I love that this isn't a white dwarf there. You said there are three different battle plans or two different battle plans. There's there's one battle plan unique to the campaign, but
2: there's yeah. three other battle plans that are listed that are existing battle plans, but with their own like oh, yeah. little twist on it. Yeah. Um, For each way to play. So one, there's three for open play, three for narrative, three for match play plus a specific actual custom
0: scenario yeah. I mean, the end of what the campaign. what a great amount of cut co- again. Mm-hmm. This, you would think this is in like a season of war book or like a battle yeah. tome. It's like this is right. just in a white dwarf. I love that, like that they're doing every this other month. Like, uh, yeah, this content
2: right. is in there constantly, and it's yeah, it's one of the things that I've really been banging on in the story phase about is that they're really moving forward a lot of these stories and a lot of these beats right. that were started in the broken realms. They're pulling them forward and moving them forward in. Um, in the white dwarf flashpoints and yeah. in these little mini campaigns like for example um, when they released Arcane Cataclysm they had a story about a um, the the Zinch Magister and the um, Lumineth Magister right oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that story continued in one of the flashpoints and they're I like oh I this is what's happening with those characters now and oh you want to play William. a little campaign with them now okay here you go right and, it, like, that's the kind of stuff that I really enjoy is when you get these little story beats and these
0: little storylines that move forward. So
3: I love that, too. Yeah. It's, it's always amazing.
0: Especially, like you were saying, because I know, again, on the story phase, you talked a lot about how the box sets are, are they're, they're evolving into, yeah, these, like, really cool stories. It's no longer just like, well, we kind of come up with an excuse for these two factions to go against each other. They're really putting a lot of effort into the story behind these things. And it's so cool that they're, picking up those narrative threads and, yeah, you know, it's a great another avenue that it's like, it doesn't have to be a novel, right? Because previously it was kind of like, well, it's either in a battle tome or a novel and those things are few and far between to carry on stories. So I love that White mm-hmm. Wolf is becoming a place that we get to hear more about those characters.
2: Well, the other thing is like, it's this moment in time that you get to play in. Right. Right. And like, oh, I know that story. I played that box set. Yes. Right. And then, <laughs> oh, now the stories move forward. I played that White Dwarf mini campaign, right? Totally. Yeah. And it, it's just cool because it allows you to put your narrative into their narrative. Yes. And and that's just awesome.
0: So. Yeah, I love that so much. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else? Any cinematic moments or any other things you want to talk about before we move to the aftermath for this? Um... The cinematic moment was probably the end of turn one when I
2: thought I was going to win. Yeah, we're... and then I didn't. Like that was <laughs> like, oh, it was no. super tense because it was literally just like, well, if I do this, but I do that, and it turned out that like I was just outside of six inches with one model, oh, and if that one wow. model had been over, then I thought I would have won. But then, yeah, it, it didn't end sure. up mattering. But like, it was still, <laughs> it was still yes. super tense yeah so oh i love that yeah
1: yeah we're like both trying to figure out do we shake hands now is this over like what's going on
2: (laughs) yeah
0: well because i just bounced a little bit closer yeah well Um, because normally
2: you would secure an objective at the end of the round right right but in this battle plan you secure the objective at the end of your opponent's turn
0: Oh, interesting.
2: So, yeah, I was following the match play rules right right when you're yeah. supposed to be plan, plan, following the other ones. So,
1: yeah, um I think the other notable thing, at least for us, was this might have been the first game we did where we went all five rounds. Either yes. like the game, we either get to the victory condition, or it's like, oh, I've taken enough of a beating. I don't want to lose more guys just to finish the game. I'm going to retreat and like, right, <laughs> lick my wounds. And this, we went all out for it, just trying to get to the victory because cause it was no longer just this one battle and it was no longer looking at, oh, my path to glory campaign in general. Right. If I lose this, we go to the big final fight and that puts me in a worse position. Yeah. And Paul's thinking, well, if I let him win, then like I'm locked out. I need to
0: beat him again in order to get to that. So... Exactly. we really went all out for it yeah that's yeah. so cool that there are very specific if like you're playing this as an army that is actually defending three locations that you're like well, yeah. if we lose here it's going to make those fights harder or if i can hold here yeah that's yeah. so cool
1: because i think the thing i got from winning is now my wizard can cast more spells and oh very good. which will be super useful because i have the one spell that will buff a unit, and then he has another spell that will make someone else go last in combat. Yeah. So being able to throw huge. both of those out is going to really help things out in the next totally. game. Amazing. Um, but I think wow. that will be it, and I think we're safe to move on to the aftermath.
0: Yeah, so we've talked a little bit about, uh, in those individual battles, and, and Harry you talked about as well, the um, kind of individual aftermath phases. Do we want to just move straight into the oh the no mushroom brewing or yeah, do you guys want yeah. to
2: that? Have... So that's that i want to do the mushroom brewing but
0: yes, <laughs> yeah. If there's any
2: other that. aftermath there's that anybody a... wants to talk about um, i'll so... just
1: do mine quick because it's a quick summary yeah uh, please do the disappointment uh from the chaos gods <laughs> uh, oh, which is because it became a demon prince I no longer have the eye of the gods. I've achieved the path to glory. oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't roll on that anymore. but I still get like the favor like Harry had mentioned. there are other ways to buff my warlord and to buff my army that way. so I decided to roll for my favor and I roll and I actually do get a double. I was like super excited like, yeah, this is awesome. and I yeah. go over to the table and it's You know, if your warlord has the eye of the gods (laughs) (laughs) keyword, he gets a bonus or he can re-roll a die. I'm like, (sighs) Amazing. Come on. (laughs) Yep. Uh, and then the quest I had was I got to roll territories twice, and the second time it was always going to be one of my faction specific ones. Uh and I roll the first time I roll, it was more allies. I'm like, then well, I'm not really doing allies from Path to Glory, so I'm not gonna take it. And I want to save those points for my next one. I roll and I get the uh, 61 result, which is...
0: Chaos Wastes.
1: Chaos Wastes, which gives me more allies. And then those allies <laughs> have to be demons. So I'm like, I don't want this. So I achieve my quest. I did not get what I wanted out of it. So I'm taking the quest again to push my luck and try to get the Realm Gate or one of the other faction-specific territories. Amazing.
3: The the dark gods are fickle, Will. Really they
1: are incredible. Mm-hmm. They gave me Demon Princehood. I should just take that and be gracious and yep. run away.
0: Yep. <laughs> I love, again, in, in the first game, it was like nearly spawned them, and then mm-hmm. you lost no units in your actual casualty roles. And then this one, it was like two Demon Princes, a bunch of disappointment. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> Highs and lows of playing the Slaves of Daughters campaign. Amazing. Harry, did you have anything you wanted to mention for Aftermaths?
3: Yeah, so, um, I, uh, if you guys recall from the last episode, I had started a battle against my son right before we recorded, uh, that that first episode and then, uh, the month got away from us and those armies sat staring at each other on the table for most of the month until finally I could convince my son to accept my surrender and, and retreat off of there so that I could do the, um the aftermath sequence. And uh, you mentioned, Will, that sometimes there's value to retreating early in Path to Glory games. Yep. And, you know, it's what makes narrative play, one of the many things that makes narrative play a little bit different than match play, where match play, there's not really a reward for units necessarily surviving the, the battle. Right. Um, but in in a Path to Glory that makes all the difference. So in that battle within his first turn on the first battle round, I still didn't even get a turn in that battle. <laughs> he had wiped out three of my units. I was it was a very rough deployment and he was on a roll. So it made sense for me just to ca- cut my losses, re-rack and, and, uh, not set up right in front of his, uh, Don riders next time. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: and i i love just like the narrative that can give you like okay we're going to fight these guys a bunch of people get mowed down like
3: call it off nope nope let's let's get out of here let's get out of here and so yeah i wanted to make sure i didn't have to roll a casualty roll for my warlord um so what i do have i've got some casualty rolls that i need to do um, if you guys want for a unit of marauders a unit of dark oath and a unit of marauder horsemen
1: let's do it so, up
3: so I don't know if you guys want to hear the dice or you want me to mute to roll the dice.
2: You can hear the dice, I think. I Go for it. Right. Right. Lucky clacks.
3: So that is the Dark Oath Savagers, and I've got two ones. So that was all ten of them. Rolled 10 D6, hmm. and I've got two ones. So now I have a casualty roll of, or a casualty score of two for that unit. Mark that down here. And my dog busted into the room.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> heard the dice, man.
3: She did. All right, so that's a casualty, roll. casualty score of two for the Kodrak tribe. And now we'll roll for the Chaos Marauders, which I've named the Juragon tribe. And 1-1, one, one. so that's a casualty score of 1 for them. So they're going to be down a guy for the next battle. And then the Marauder Horseman. The Marauder Horsemen only have 5 models, so that'll be 5 dice I'm rolling. And I got a 1 there, so they're down a guy as well. Everybody's hurting. Oh no. <laughs> so I mean I will get some glory for that battle just because uh in Path of Glory you do get some glory just for playing. I get mm-hmm. five points. Oh no, we were playing a thousand, so okay. I'll get eight glory points just for Ooh. fighting. And um and my warlord was not slain, so I'll get an extra glory point for that. Thanks, so man. I'll have nine glory points to hopefully uh recoup some of that that uh yeah. damage there. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Looks like we're gonna be hurting. Excellent.
0: <laughs> well, not excellent that you'll be hurting, but excellent that yeah we've moved through the the aftermath. Okay. Yep. Do we do we want to move on a mushroom brewing? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do. do it.
4: Excellent. Please <laughs> right. take
0: it away. So,
2: um, we're. I'm gonna just kind of read through the rules here uh, because it's comp. It's not complicated. It's the first time I'm doing it, so yeah. to me, yeah. it it's sounds involved. complicated. Yeah. Totally. So, um, in step seven of the aftermath sequence, you can concoct one fungus fungus brew using shrooms from your shroom collection. To do so, you must first pick one Gloom Spike Gets Hero to be in charge of the brewing. The hero you pick cannot be unique or have a critical or major injury. Um, So, uh, I'm going to (laughs) pick Zick Pizzle. If he's alms off,
0: you can't.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, alms off. off. Uh, So, Zick Pizzle is going to be in charge of the brewing. The aim when concocting a fungus brew is to maximize your concoction score while minimizing your volatility score. All right. So we got Great. two things there. Concoction score, volatility score. The higher the concoction score, the more potent the effect of your fungus brew will be. But as the volatility score increases, the more likely your fungus brew is to end in spectacular disaster. Much to the amusement Fantastic. of the other grots, no doubt. My, yeah.
0: Your oh, I love that little inclusion. That's
2: I know, good. right? Your concoction score and volatility score both start at zero. Okay. So adding shrooms. When concocting a fungus brew, you add shrooms from your shroom collection one at a time. Each time you add a shroom, remove it from your shroom collection and make a brewing roll by rolling a dice. Add your brewing roll to your concoction score, and each time you make a brewing roll of one, increase your volatility score by one as well. You must add at least one shroom to your fungus brew but there is no limit on how many shrooms you can add. Brilliant. Now, this is the the part where it starts to, like, get a little more complicated. Each type of shroom has a special rule that comes into effect when it is added to your fungus brew, as shown in the table Mm. below. All right. So I am missing a pen, actually. So
0: I got to be right back because I have to actually
2: literally keep track of this. I'll be right back. What I love
0: about this, too, is that, like, it's a, it's a lot of complicated rules, but because it you're it's not at the table, right? Like this is a narrative thing that you're kind of doing in your own time in the aftermath that's very thematic and fun that they can make it a little bit more involved, a little bit more complex um, yeah. because it's not affecting the speed of how you're playing at the table or like if your opponent is having to wait for you to do things. There's none of that encumbrance happening. This is all like you're doing stuff at the end and I love it. I just, I hope we see more things like this because that's so great well and
1: that is true of like path to glory in general like it's true yes i always hear people say like oh i'm not sure about doing path to glory because it seems so complicated but it takes that complication and it takes it off the table so you're not going through that with an opponent in front of you waiting for you to take your turn yes it's those
0: moments when you're bored at work and yes you're like you know what let me open my fungus collection, my mushroom collection, yeah, and see what I'm going to ruin. Exactly. Um, all right.
3: Yeah, so. it, it's, it's the campaign part of Total War yeah. is what it is. You know, it, yeah. the, the battles are just the same as any other AOS game that you're going to play, Age of Sigmar game, that you're going to play with a, a live opponent. And then in the in-between, you can scheme and plan and see what the results of your actions were. Um, it, it's just a lot more immersion that you can allow yes. yourself.
0: so immersive. So immersive. And yeah, it re- reminds me a lot of Grom's campaign in Turtle War, because he literally is also throwing things in a brew and, you know, getting various effects, and it's great. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so,
2: what I have the option of choosing are I have two Bitter Spurt Mushrooms. Excellent. Eight and- green mushrooms. And one mm. death cap mushroom,
3: and, and those numbers were all determined by what your guys were out picking during Correct. the battle, right? So mm-hmm.
2: when you roll yes. for the battle on a one to three, you get on one to two, you get nothing. On three to four, you do common mushrooms, which are the green workshrooms. On a five to six, you get a rare. Um, oh, I'm sorry, the bitter Spurts are also the common, and then one rare, which was the death cap mushroom.
3: Oh, that's amazing!
2: Yeah,
0: I am so, falling head over heels in love with right? this. This is like phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> This is lit. I only want to play Gitz now, yeah. from now on. <laughs> this was
2: what made me decide that this is what I'm doing for Path of the yes, Glory. Because I was absolutely. just like, we saw this and we're like, I, I guess I'm doing grots. grots. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. care what yeah. it is, but yes, this is what I'm doing. All right. So the green work shroom. So I'm going to start with nothing. And then I'm going to start rolling. So I roll two dice instead of one when making a brewing roll for this shroom. If the roll is odd add the result to your concoction score as normal. If the result is even, subtract the result from your concoction score instead. <laughs> okay. I was so it so, goes to volatility. Just double have, sixes and it explodes. Volatility, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have eight of these, so that's not ideal. Like This is the majority of my concoction score. Alright, so, I to roll a light. A four and six. Those are even, right? So yeah, I yeah, subtract yeah. the result from my concoction score instead. I'm a negative ten. First thing that happened. Wow. Negative <sighs> <All> ten. <Track-a-lock-a.
0: laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try does and it, roll so again. You, you can go to negative, or could, does it just stay at zero? Um, it doesn't say. Sure. It does
2: not go below zero. But I mean, I'm supposed to subtract it. Yeah. So, um, and I got twelve. So I'm at negative twenty-two. This is not <laughs> going well. <laughs> is there? <laughs> um, is, Go ahead. Will it Can automatically you... just explode if yeah, we try doing right. this
3: now? <laughs> um, so you just got to keep adding mushrooms at this point.
2: Well, yeah. Or I decide if I'm done, and I, I don't know. I might decide that I'm done at this point. Oh, um, this is your fruit. You got to go big or go home. Let, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's go all, right. all out. So I'm gonna add a bitter spurt, this doesn't have okay. that special rule that makes bad things happen. Uh, a two and a three. So. Yeah. So I just gained five, so I'm at negative seventeen. I guess that's okay. good. All right. Um it's better than negative
3: twenty-two. I'm yeah. gonna add
2: another bitter spurt in there. Okay. Uh five and three, so that's eight. So I'm at negative nine. doing good. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're climbing our way up. Um and I'm really gonna hope I'm gonna use my def cap, which is my rare mushroom. I get to roll five dice. Okay, ooh. I was gonna say like <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so um we're hoping I can get up I need eighteen, all right? To get okay. into positive numbers. If I don't get oh, ten, funny. bad things are gonna happen. All right. So um ooh, this is a good roll. So I got twenty two.
0: So yes. I oh, actually fourteen.
2: So We did um, it. This is in the
0: first half, not gonna lie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly.
0: And then we brought it back. All right. So
2: I used all my good mushrooms and I've got a bunch of green more shrooms, which sound terrible. Like why yeah. would I even, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right. So my brewing score is 14. So finish the fungus brew. Uh, I don't have a volatility score because I didn't roll any ones. So that's good. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. So once you have finished adding shrooms to your fungus brew, you must determine if it's a success or failure. If the concoction score was less than 10, it automatically fails. Wow. Otherwise, make a brewing test by rolling the number of dice equal to the volatility score of your fungus brew, and compare the result to the renown points of the hero in charge of the brewing.
0: Oh, that's cool! Compa-
2: yeah. But that's cool that it it, it cares about the, your it leader's experience. That's yeah, really cool yeah. No, it's important because if the result is equal to or less than the number of renown points the hero has, the fungus brew is a, is a success. Okay. If the result is more than the number of renown points the hero has, the fungus brew fails. Okay. Success. If the Fungus Brew succeeds, use a Concoction Score to determine the type of Fungus Brew you have created by consulting the Fungus Brew table on the right. Uh, Each type of Fungus Brew is listed as either an effect or a potion. If it's an effect, resolve immediately. If it is a potion, you can add it to your roster beneath your Shroom Collection. You can have up to six Fungus Brew potions on your roster at any one time. If you gain a potion when you already have six, you must discard that potion or one of your existing potions. Using potions in battle. When picking your army to fight a battle against another Pathagory army, you can give Gloomspike gets heroes in your army Fungus Brew potions from your roster. A hero cannot be given more than one Fungus Brew potion, and once it is given to a hero, it is removed from your roster. The hero can drink that Fungus Brew potion during the battle as described on the Fungus Brew table. If they do not drink the Fungus Brew, it can be added back to your roster after the battle. So, since my Concoction score was 14... I gained yep. a potion called the
0: Loonshine Loon Fungus Brew. Loonshine, excellent.
2: Loon shine. Well,
0: Actually, you reckon... I... <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, can you break down exactly... So it was the success, and it's your volatility score was zero. What? It, what? Could you break so, that down again for me? Just to make sure I understand it,
1: uh, yep. and maybe that will help the listener too. Since he didn't have a volatility score... He didn't have to roll any dice to see if it, like, explodes.
2: And I didn't have to got roll you. any dice to see if it had more renown points than my hero. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if it had you. more renown points than my hero has, then it would automatically count as a failure.
0: Okay, so if it had been your warlord with 15 and you say your volatility score of 3, you roll 3 dice and they're all 6s, that would be a failure because it's over Correct. 15. Yes. right, yeah, Cool.
2: Which we'll cover in just a minute. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the, the potion that I got um says while you reckon the potion could do with a bit more bite you have to admit that you feel somewhat luckier for having drunk it <laughs> once per battle in your hero phase you can choose the unit with this fungus brew to drink it that unit has a ward of 6 plus until the end of the turn
0: so Ooh, oh very
2: cool very small cool. little thing but so i there is a table for all the way up to 161 plus wow so
0: uh that was the lowest one, so I have a moonshine wow. fungus brew right now. And and, wow, and the lowest one was a six, like was a six foot ward. I know it's only once bat- battle yep. is done, but that's cool. Yeah.
3: So, do potions have to be assigned to a unit at the beginning of the battle, Correct. or okay, okay. yeah? But it um, can be assigned to any unit. Yeah. Well,
0: please tell me that you're going to be modeling some little potion miniatures that you can put <laughs> next to your. I mean, they really like bottles. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, Although I think Shine should go in a mason jar as opposed to uh, right a bottle. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> if I could just find some little mason jars.
3: Yeah. Um, so failure.
2: If a fungus roof fails, roll on the table below. If the hero in charge of the brewing is a wizard, you begin re-roll the dice, but must accept the second roll. If you roll a one, fizz, pop, boom. The hero is killed. <laughs> oh, just straight oh, out. just out, done, yep. dead.
0: So there's from
2: wow. Roster. There's uh, you know, four more results. But yep, no, like that. I literally <laughs> could have killed my warlord. Live on air. From just t- Incredible. That's why I was like, no, I needed like, to be oh, above ten. <laughs> because there's yeah. a one in five uh, yeah. chance that he would have just been slain outright and removed from my roster. So
1: oh, wow. well, and I love that because I assume like the effects that are permanent would be like something you'd want to have like for sure but it's like well i don't necessarily want to do this with my like other hero who has like one to five renown i may help them out a lot
2: yeah they're way more likely to die yeah 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 but also they can lose renown and if they lose renown and it takes them below 15 then he loses his command trait too right yes oh wow yeah, no, it like it's not necessarily a good thing to be brewing right. potions, but, but it's a fun at the same thing. time, it's a fun <laughs> yeah. thing. I don't know if yes. I'm gonna allow it to go into negatives in the future, but sure. it worked <laughs> out okay today. Yeah. it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of green workshops.
3: Yeah, yeah. I would
0: love. Yeah. yeah, if I certainly could certainly brew... not when they're going negative. Yeah. Exactly. I would love maybe
3: add my... those at the end. Yeah, maybe instead of the first ingredient.
2: Well, I thought they were the safest because those are the common ones. No, they right, they were not right. the safest. Yeah. Now, like we're... now, I, what I want though is I want to be able to like make some bad potions and use them as like little grenades against oh, Will's right. army. The yes, bad potion ranged.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well... well, that might be a custom war scroll we have to make for <laughs> the veins at some point. Is the like <laughs> potion bombardiers or something? Yeah.
2: Yeah, just there's a potion laboratory, and then you roll to see what potions are in there. After yeah. you pick a hero to drink the potion,
0: yeah, well they're yeah. just attached to squigs, and then the squid <laughs> goes and charges into the unit, and if it hits, the potions explode.
3: Or, or we can uh, come up with a war scroll and model up potion dealers. Yeah, uh, yeah, to join deal. into our armies. That's cool. So we can all benefit from the potions that Paul brews. That's
2: very cool. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to Incredible. risk a hero to do it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Amazing. That is so much fun. Thank yeah. you so much for saving that, for doing that on air, because that was brilliant. <laughs> I can't believe I got to negative 22. Like, what? Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. if, if it's up to 161, it must be that, like, you don't, you're not supposed to go negative. Like, zero is oh, the no. floor. Yeah. 10 yeah. is the lowest
2: that it's still actually not going to potentially kill you. Right. You right. have to at least get a 10. Like, yeah whatever amazing i mean i rolled Brilliant. snake eyes on the second roll and 10 on the first one like come on why couldn't those wow. have been in their battle
1: yeah <laughs> right but not snake eyes it was double sixes
2: yes that one yep. snake eyes was... would have been probably worse because then I, would have well, had I was just to about roll to say i was like i thought you
0: said way. you didn't have any volatility yet. yeah 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 <laughs> that's amazing okay Well, we are getting towards the end of the show here. So uh, what we wanted to uh, do just before we close out um, was uh, we have got a couple of questions from the Discord. Uh, And if you too, dear listener, would like to submit questions for us to answer our air, um, we'll probably, again, this is a new thing, so we'll probably pick out a couple uh, per episode. You can head on over to www.themortalrealms.com forward slash discord join there and you can go into the path to glory channel and you can leave us your questions and we might feature them on it so this is from light ninja uh who is wonderful and has been in the discord uh their first question is um with other campaigns i've played where we met up throughout the week we keep track of things by submitting battle reports to a discord channel uh are you guys on the podcast going to do something similar
2: so i personally typically don't do that um i I've done it in the past, but it doesn't, it's not something that I get a ton of enjoyment out of. Sure. So yeah. um, I, I'm not speaking for anybody else, but that you're probably not going to see any battle ports for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like to make my, my narrative as the game happens. Yeah. And then forget it. If it was a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Drive your sorrows uh, in a new time.
3: Like, yeah. The- we, we do go over our battles on the, on the show. Mm. Um, and I think, as of now, that's that's what most of us are most comfortable doing. And I don't know that anyone wants any additional writing assignments at this point. Right. <laughs> so um, having battery that, reports probably
0: won't I, I will go for it.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, and just because I was when I first saw the question, um, I just wanted to clarify while creating of Golgu, got it right this time. Yeah. Uh, and the veins, we want people, we say, play along at home. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be running a structured campaign for everyone to uh, chime in at Uh, necessarily. It's just we want to give people tools and freedom to play in the same sandbox that we are. Yeah, sandbox Uh, is exactly it. However, if you do want to come up with a battle report where you have game set in this area, or when we do come up with rules and you use any of those, feel free to share them in the Discord uh that's something we would really appreciate seeing if people are using anything like this and i would love to see
0: your battle port uh, as well i might uh i'm tempted to write up probably not battle reports but when i do get to battles i i might be tempted to write up like small narrative summaries of it which is not exactly a battle report but um maybe i'll look to do that maybe i'll hate it and then i won't do it (laughs) again but um (laughs) We'll see. So let's move on to the second question, which is uh, are we doing, or are you doing, the Anvil of Apotheosis for heroes? Um, yeah, they uh, took a little bit about the points cap, but are we looking to do Anvil of Apotheosis at all for any of our faction armies? I've done Anvil
2: of Apotheosis for a lot of my stuff in the past. Um, the Living City General that I had, um, he, petrol has was all Anvil of Apotheosis yeah. and or um war scrolls that we don't use anymore uh, yep. so yep. i i'd definitely be open to it uh but in this one i don't have it but i do actually have a a couple of non match play legal conversions that i've made for army for models in this army so yeah might very cool see about doing something for that in the future
3: yeah, yeah i think i think path to glory is a great place to explore um a lot of non uh standard ways of of running your army whether that's anvil of apotheosis uh legends war scrolls or um legends uh war scroll battalions i talked on the last episode about how my son's uh venari sea guard are basically have the ability to be deployed as sentinels or wardens right um You know, and that's that's a little bit of a house rule that we've come up with using two current, you know, match play legal war scrolls to represent one unit um, as an either or sort of thing. Um, But my son absolutely loves the Anvil of Apotheosis that was printed in the uh, General's Handbook a few years back, and so he spends a lot of time going through that and thinking of ways to represent uh, some of his models as unique heroes and so you'll probably see uh some anvil of apotheosis heroes show up in his uh army. Um I haven't seen a need for it myself yet, but uh I'm definitely not opposed to it and in the games I play with him, um it's it's all fair game.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then for my army, I even just today have been tinkering with an anvil of apotheosis hero. Mm. I'm trying to find like the right model I want to do it for, but since uh, my narrative is focusing a lot of building my knights of the eight pointed table. Yes, I now have two demon princes, so I'm trying to fill in more of those heroes. And I realize there's right. a priest gap. Um, oh, very cool. So yes. the religious aspect. So I'm yes. looking you and wish. trying to make a, a cool priest who also happens to will have a prayer to calm the monster that is <laughs> the Mangler Squigs. Very cool. <laughs> uh, but I'm just trying to tinker with that, and then. Uh, with Seasons of War they have the Amble of Apotheosis quest, which does yes. kind of balance out some of the point issues. Because uh, the example was like, you could ha- just like take someone baseline, give them a priest, and it only costs seven points, which would be right. 700 or 70 points 70, for you, yeah, or something like yeah. that. But with the quests, it starts at 10 and then moves up in like orders of five. Yeah. and you need to get that many points So even if i had a hero that only used eight destiny points and would cost 80 points to field i would need to earn 10 quest points yes you can't yeah. go lower so i think that is kind of a built-in balancing factor for something like that yeah. you're working harder to get something cheaper than something that would have a, an equal value
3: uh, i was gonna say um I love that you're using the Anvil of Apotheosis to address the the priest issue mm-hmm. uh, in a little bit of a different way. I, I forgot to mention that my warlord is she's actually a priestess as well, mm-hmm. but I okay. used the um, the command trait. That yes. was the command trait that I chose for her was the Idolator Lord, even though Amazing. it doesn't change. I didn't use it the way that most people use it to change the um, the mark of chaos for a bunch of cultists. Um, since I was running mostly Dark Oath anyway, and yeah, they're, yeah. they're stuck um, undivided and I wanted her to be undivided, um, but I did want her to be a priestess. Uh, it's part of her story and it Very does cool. address that that priest gap that the Slaves of Darkness list has otherwise.
1: And just one cool tidbit with that idolater Lord um, command ability is the idolaters like they used to be their own... Sub faction for Sights of Darkness, and it was priest. They also did something with chariots, but it was very cultist focused. So I love that. Oh, that's cool. You still have the sub faction that pulls in the cultists and the Dark Oath, and now you still get that priest and like that other ability with something just like a command ability. You're not losing mm-hmm. right. cool toys, you actually get very similar toys, and you get to take another toy since they're in different categories.
3: Yep, yeah.
0: Yeah, I um, love, love the Anvil of Apotheosis. I'm definitely uh, tinkering with a couple of ideas. I also, um, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I want to include it, maybe do like a, a you know, a, a Golgu Anvil of Apotheosis in the same way we have like a Thondia one. So again, mm. you can kind of like do some specific things and, and build them in there. Yeah, I um, keep noodling about in my brain because it's just me playing against myself. I want to kind of have, um, you know, different, uh, a lot of different um bits to pull from and i keep thinking about how to do soul bound which is the mm. uh, age of sigma role playing game uh, and the soul are, are, are you know united uh, uh by a god and you know bound together their souls and you know they go out and do stuff um and so anvil of apotheosis is is a great way to kind of do custom uh heroes for a soulbound army Hmm. um which would just be like four or five heroes but you know because you get a decent amount of points to drop into them you can kind of have for a 2000 point army you could have five heroes but at 400 points each you know so they can pack a punch uh the other thing um no forgot oh yes the other thing is i've been toying about with i really want to do some kind of cult um that is Uh, worships and wants to draw out not chaos but the things that float in the etheric void so there's a couple of Mm. references to this in in various books Mm -hmm. and i have this idea of of a cult um you know they're sort of cult of the beacon or something and what they do is there's a a central uh hub within the realms uh where they kind of like spread propaganda and basically they encourage people to um go in large droves and it might take several lifetimes to get there but to go to the realm's edge and eventually to be consumed by the magic there and what they're hoping is is that this will create this kind of like these flashes of magic and these like volatile things will attract the attention of the things that swim in the void beyond the mortal realms and -hmm. they're trying to like get them to come here to then like you know eat the realms or whatever so um so, again, that's a great way of doing That would probably be a Slaves to Darkness army, probably. But the, yeah. it would be a great way of doing the hero uh, to really fit that where it could be, you know, a priest, but doesn't have to take unnecessary chaos stuff or whatever. So, again, mm-hmm. noodling about with some of those things. But, yeah. Interesting. Neat stuff. Yeah, wonderful. Um, any other thoughts on those, gents? And if not, we will wrap up brilliant okay so we'll do a couple of seconds of clean air and then I will uh, read a little outro <clears throat> well dear listeners our fire has at last burnt down to embers and we must take to the path once more if you've enjoyed your time with us consider leaving us a positive review on your podcast platform of choice or you can leave a tip over on our patreon at themortalrealms.com forward slash patreon if you'd like to share your stories with us you can head on over to our Twitter at Path to Story, or you can chat with us on our Discord at themortalrealms.com forward slash Discord. Finally, if you'd like to keep us company on the road, Will, where can they find you online?
1: Uh, you can find me on the Discord as Sever or on Twitter uh at ageofsever. Amazing. Harry?
3: You can find me on the Discord as Harry slash buddy, and you can find me on Twitter as Toy Soldier Fun.
2: Excellent. And Paul? You can find me at
0: PJ Shard on Twitter and on the Discord. And you can find me on the Discord as Kieran, or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore magpie paints. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you all again soon.